0: welcome welcome Uh, i am eric castro and with me as always scott henry here we are uh thank you for listening to the discussions podcast you guys can find us on the social medias on the interwebs um on instagram you can find us at the discussions podcast you can also find us on facebook
1: yeah and obviously don't forget to subscribe like rate review do all the things that every other podcast in the world asks you to do helps us out a lot
0: it helps other people find us um and that's really what we want to do is get get the word out that we've got people talking about the missions you bet and with that enjoy the show controller welcome welcome uh this is the discussions i am eric castro to the right we have scott henry as always and across from us we have elder tommy Lowell. how are you
2: hey guys thanks for letting me
0: come of course we're glad to be here we're glad for you to be here and we're glad we are also here and not dead from coronavirus or other
1: influenza B influenza or B,
0: strap pneumonia anything else that could get us elder- on wood. <laughs> no wood around elder Lowell, you served in Guatemala in what years?
2: I got down there. So I I entered the Provo MTC January 2007, and I came home at the very, very end of 2008. So one interesting fact about my mission is I only was gone for one Christmas. Oh. Because I left right after Christmas. Had, you know, my one Christmas in the mission. I get home just right before Christmas. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, There was a kid on the mission
1: that was like, ended up serving... Four years because he left <laughs> like the week after Christmas and then came back like New Year's. So we ended up getting.
2: I wonder if he made it years. a point to like make sure his missionary plaque had like from 2000 to 2004. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, People yeah, like, oh, dude, so. he, super mission. Take,
0: yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, well, you guys, you wimp served two years, but I was gone for a really <laughs> long time. Yeah, yeah. Eller yeah. um, Lowell, we're glad to have you. You actually served in my mission. That's how I know you, yeah. Senor Lowell. Um, but Tommy, we want to get to the beginning. We always start from the very beginning. What was the expectations for you growing up as far as missions go?
2: Wow. Um, that's a really good start and, and I will, I will be happy to start there, but if I could, I would just like to, you go wherever you want. Thank you, both of you for doing this. And as I mentioned off mic beforehand, everyone in 2020 talking about their podcast their favorite podcast starting a podcast i even joked around with you about starting a music yeah. podcast yeah. and maybe it's not a joke maybe it'll come to fruition Listen. but you guys are doing it here we are and uh so congrats kudos well, thank you. <laughs> for better
1: or worse yeah. we're here. we try to be doers <laughs>
2: yeah and i gotta say man i told you this too before we started recording but listening to your episode um about your mission like that brought some serious nostalgia and and the spirit and some happy feelings and kind of just like a, a look in the mirror moment of like where I was and where I am now in life and and by the way listeners i'm doing great i'm a I'm a nice guy i'm not like smoking a cigar and <laughs> yeah. then drinking a bud light or anything but <laughs> but it's just uh you know it just it's really interesting to to just that episode brought me back into that that mindset and so thanks for. Doing this, and thanks for letting me come on.
0: No, thank you. We we appreciate hearing that because again, like we kind of talked about, this has turned into something a little bit different than we expected, and we're we're happy we're happy for the positive um, positive things that it can do. And I'm surprised, frankly, by how positive it's been received and how many people are actually listening. So, exciting stuff.
2: Yeah. So it turns out that a, making a mission podcast is not a cash cow. You guys aren't like millionaires or anything. No,
0: no money. <laughs> so, oh, that's a surprise. Yeah. But you know, it's not about the money, right?
2: <laughs> yes. Cool.
0: But, but yeah, so expectations for you and your family serving a mission. Did you have family members that served a mission?
2: Yeah. So yeah, uh, this is a really good starting point. First of all, I come from an amazing family um, on both sides. My mom's side's more of the legacy pioneer, like my middle name's Knight, and Knights have origins in Doctrine and Covenants, obviously. And so we're OGs on that side. (laughs) On my dad's side, um, he's a second-generation Mormon. My my grandpa and grandma were converts, and so it's a completely different dynamic. But nonetheless, it's kind of cool to come from both sides. But on my mom's side, I am the first of like 30 plus maybe we're even into the 40s of grandchildren and first uh grandson my grandpa's a professor at BYU my grandma was a you know a librarian like all of my aunts and uncles are all BYU people and just a really good classic amazing incredible mormon family but you better believe there's a ton of pressure to go on a mission absolutely um and that's not a slight in any sense of my upbringing, I mean, it's just where I come from. And so, yeah, it was, it was tough. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was never anything that I opposed a mission, but what I opposed was, and this is where I kind of feel like I connect with you a lot is I opposed myself as someone in a position to actually go out and do that. Like, I'm not afraid to go on a mission. I just don't think I can do that. Like who the heck am I to go talk up, talk to a stranger about this, this and this. So I'm sure everyone's felt felt that way to some degree, but yeah, lots of pressure for sure.
1: Was it was was there was it perceivable the pressure on your mom's side compared to your dad's side? Would your mom talk more about the mission compared to your dad? I mean, is that is that what it was, or is this kind of unperceptible? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. So my dad, even though he came from a, uh, a family of converts, he went on a mission himself. He went to BYU, and so. For whatever reason he kind of just jumped into the the whole mormon lifestyle and the in the culture like head first and he loved it he loved the gospel he served a mission in tennessee but um what i felt from my dad was like my mission was the best i love the gospel you're my son i want the best for you i want you to be as happy as i was and so it was definitely a healthy pressure um yeah
0: um, so let's, let's jump, let's jump to it. Then you, you turn your papers in. Did you have any, and we've got stories to go with this, like where it's going to, it's going to go in a good direction, I think, but let's, let's start from there. When you initially turn your papers in, did you have any, um, desires of where you wanted to be called to or where you thought you'd be called?
2: Um, yeah, good question. I don't think I, I think I wanted two things. I wanted to not be in the United States. Um, Normal
0: and healthy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, you know, it's written, you're never a prophet in your own land. And I just kind of would feel like, as awkward as I felt. To, <laughs> I never thought about
0: it that way, but I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: That's funny. Like, whatever apprehensions I had before my mission of walking up to strangers, there's something about doing it in a different language and a different culture that makes it summer, not it? as scary, which yeah. is so weird. You no, know,
0: Scott talks about that all the time that it was just like, it was all foreign anyway. So, like jumping into a conversation about yeah. Jesus with someone on the street, it's a different language, different country. Yeah, it's different.
2: Can you imagine walk? Can you imagine rolling up in, a, like a Toyota Corolla and like ringing a doorbell and like sit on a nice couch and yeah, no,
0: be really no way. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So, anyways, uh, I wanted out of the country and I wanted Spanish, and I got both of those things. I'm very grateful. Um, but kind of going back to real quick to listening to your episode, kind of the feelings I had listening to it. Two things motivated me to reach out to you, and, and by the way, listeners, as, as amazing as I am, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you guys some great stories, and I think this will be a good episode. I asked to be a guest on this. I know it's kind of shameful to ask to be a guest, but it's not
0: shameful. No, please, not, <laughs> It's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. We, we
2: like yeah, that. Yeah. I, uh, I uh, felt my story. I mean, I have all the Guatemalan stories that Eric and anyone else could tell you. I have all the mission stories, but. I actually left on my mission at 20, and I was called to Santiago, Chile, and I was in the Provo MTC for about three weeks, and I was sent home early. And so there's a couple things there. Like first of all, I finally went when I was 20, so I mean even there that was a year late. Yeah. And you know there was some some inherent pressure for my um, just my upbringing and. And, you know, again, I say that with, with nothing but love and, and um, respect to my upbringing and gratitude. And you better believe that I have two sons, by the way. I'm a father. You better believe there's pressure on those guys, too. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So um, it's well,
0: a well, good thing.
2: Well, it's pressure. like you said.
0: It's like you, you, your dad wanted the best for you, yeah. and that's why he wanted it.
2: Exactly. And, and then
0: that's what, that's what you will pass on. I think that's healthy. Exactly. I think that's fine.
2: So, Mom, thank you very much for helping me go on a mission. But... um. It was tough, like, I remember, like, my, I think it was, like, senior year, like, right after my senior year of high school, like, the girl I was dating, and, like, all the girls, like, went to Institute that summer, and they went to Book of Mormon, and this, this, and this, and they were in there with all the return missionaries, and then I went to uh, missionary prep, and it was me and a bunch of other <coughs> dudes, and I'm just like, oh, man, like, this isn't very fun, And and I just remember, like... Probably taken missionary prep probably four or five times from like as soon as I could, and then going through that whole process of having a girlfriend and just not being able to, you know, put myself in a position to, 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 you know, go on a mission the right way, plus the pressure. It was very, very difficult. And it was just a constant cycle of, you know, if I, if I stay here, I'm probably going to make more mistakes. If I go out, I'll have gone out um, without having completely resolved what I needed to for right. the guidelines. So I just felt trapped, um, but it was never like, I never felt trapped to go on a mission. I just felt like I was able, I wasn't able to do it the right way. Ultimately, and this is an admission of myself, but in my mind, I just decided that I needed to just do whatever I needed to do to go and um, or to say that I I needed to go. And and so I did that and I went and I was uh, sent home three weeks into my time in the MTC and coming home was very difficult.
0: And was that just was that you then end three weeks talking like feeling the pressure and then saying to someone like "I, I shouldn't be here. This is I've got to go.
2: You know, Eric, I wish it was. I wish it was. But and I oh man. I, I'm gonna tell this story. That's what I'm here for. But, you know, I, I want you to everyone to know that's listening to this that like I point the finger in one direction, that's right at myself, like for this. But basically what happened is the the other person that was involved after I had left, um, she obviously wanted to, you know, take care of what she needed to take care of. And I guess, I guess she didn't realize that there's some level of, you know, reporting that needs to be done.
0: Communication that happens, right? Yeah,
2: so uh, her bishop was also her uncle. And so he was very aware of whoever might be involved, he's on a mission. And he did the math and the time frame. And so he made a phone call to the MTC and spoke to whoever he needed to. And I was sitting in class, you know, doing Spanish exercises or, or, you know, studying the gospel or whatever with my district and over, over the intercom, like in high school, like you get called to the principal's office. I got called out of class to go down to the offices.
0: This is giving me so much <laughs> stress and I am so sorry. You, like, like Dude. hindsight, like hindsight, like I get you're taking responsibility for it. And like, I get that, but like, man, like that's heavy. Like that's so heavy. Did you have any inkling of what it would be?
2: I didn't. Um, because no. And actually, Yes, but for other th- reasons, like sure. uh, side note, you know, my dad, he actually passed away in 2010, but since 2000, sorry, since 1997, my dad had a lot of <laughs> health issues. So the first thing that popped in my mind was health dad. stuff. Right. I mean, what else could it have been? Um, Cause I didn't realize either. Like I haven't said anything. And so anyways, yeah, I was, I was not expecting what was going to happen. Um, and by the way, you know, this is intense, but spoiler alert everybody i'm here because i was in eric's mission so there's a happy ending yeah, to this story there is. <laughs> don't worry <laughs>
1: yeah. i mean so I mean, and, and we don't need to dive too. did they give you a chance to yeah yeah, to yeah. explain yourself or did they just yeah you yeah so and this either? is
2: where yeah this is where you know i really want to tell this story because i think there's there's a lot of value in this and so i got asked to come into an office and my my companion was was welcomed to just sit out in the hall and i'm like whoa separate rooms this is intense yeah So I sat down with this uh, uh, gentleman in a suit, and he was polite but just said very frankly, Elder Lowell, my name is such and such and such and such, and my position here at the MTC is kind of an equivalent of a stake president like back home. Having said that, is there anything that you want to tell me? Uh, (laughs) Then I started in my mind thinking, okay, my dad's not. My dad's fine.
0: This is not about (laughs) dad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so I was just shocked, though. And I was like, no. And then he had a sigh and just kind of a, like a, a look of frustration. And, and he said it again, word for word. Elder Lowell, my name is such and such and such and such. And you can consider that the equivalent of your stake president at home. Having said that, is there anything you want to... Wait, he
0: repeated the same thing?
2: Word for word, verbatim, like he was reading off a card.
0: Like he was Moroni. Well,
2: I'm just retelling,
0: <laughs> just retelling. Jones- <laughs> like he returns. I'm going to say the same thing. Hold on. Listen up here.
2: So I said, no second time. And this is a true story. This is literally how it went. He opened a drawer from the desk and he pulled out a manila folder. And he put it on the desk. And now I'm like, what? Like, this is like some weird, like cop like, yeah. drama or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he opens a folder, and I see all this writing, and I see my, you know, the other person involved. And I see some other writings, and I see the the bishop's name, and, and, not, and that it's all just coming full circle in my head. Right. And he talked to me very directly and said that, you know, they received this, this, and this. and And I also want to say, too, and I'm not going to go into details, but I also want to say that, this is post-Elder Ballard's very famous conference address about raising the bar. Right. So whatever you think may have been involved, it's probably not even close to what you think it is. Right. Just want to get that out there. Probably don't need to, but we're the very re- – and so anyways, I'm, I'm going to get to that too in just a second. But this, this guy was very polite to me, very kind. He was just doing his best. He wanted to be there less than I did. Right. Um, But he gave me two opportunities to come clean and show a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And unfortunately, I failed those two tests. And he said, this is something that we're going to have to, you know, write a report up about and send it (coughs) to the brethren, like literally the brethren. And we're going to have to get back to you. Go back to class. So I walk out of there like my companions, like, is everything okay?" Like, was it your dad? And I'm like, no, man, but I don't. I don't I can't like really talk about I'm yeah. I was sick to my stomach. And I went up to my class and my campaign's like shrugging their shoulders at everybody else, like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> and I'm just like, because I'm a pretty bubbly, happy, let's have fun guy. And I was not like that when I came back. Yeah. And so we went back to the after class, we went back to our dorm or whatever, and I told everybody, we were a pretty tight-knit group. Those MTC groups are pretty fun. Yeah. Man. Like yeah. you can But I let everybody know, and they just were, like, sad and, like, don't worry, man. Like, we'll pray for you. And, like, two days I waited for a decision. Two days of that sick. I can't. I can't.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. The
2: MTC is a grind for anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But those were terrible days. And um, I was finally notified again intercom we just got done with gym we're running around just got showered like everyone's kind of running around in the hallways and stuff and intercom's like hey elder little go pick up the phone and blah 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 okay so i go and pick up the phone and this is also a true story everybody i'm not making this up the guy that was telling me he thought that he was talking to me on the phone he did not switch over to the phone he was still on the intercom he says, Elder Lowell, it's been decided that we're going to send you home. Oh, my
0: God. On the, Over intercom the intercom
2: of the MTC's hallway. And everyone just is there, like, showered and everything. And it was just like, oh. <coughs> and I lost my cool. I got really mad. And uh, a couple members of my district, actually, this is kind of funny. Like, they walked down there, and they told this guy what had happened. That they He just delivered something on a public intercom yeah. or whatever. And this guy comes up to the place, like walked up two flights of stairs and walked across the MTC. And he was like huffing and puffing. He's like, Elder Lowell, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I thought I was on the phone with you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well. And the other thing, too, is my mom and dad lived in Provo. So I was ready to just like walk out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, nope. Your mom and dad are actually out of town on vacation. They'll be home tomorrow. We've got contacted them by phone. So you have to stay here another night. But you're going home. My
0: God. And
2: home is a a couple miles away. And I was just, I can't believe that I stayed there. I can't believe I didn't just run home, but I, I didn't. So I, it was bad. I would
0: not, I would not have blamed you to just been like, hey, you know what? No, yeah, you can't keep me here. Yeah. yeah. This isn't prison. I have my stuff. I'll start walking.
2: Yeah. So let me tell you guys about going home. Like, as I mentioned, large LES family. And if you think about like the first and a lot of family, like the first baby shower, the first wedding shower, and then sometimes the second one's still good, but it's not quite as grandiose, right? right. I had all the like the big farewells and like my family was so excited for me and they were so supportive and so amazing presents gifts. My uncle bought me a new pair of shoes, like just all these things. And I just had to face everybody like, and it was so, and I know in their mind, it was all love and just pure, like heartfelt empathy and love for their nephew, cousin, brother, whatever. But in my mind, it was so tough. And so. Yeah, it was a rough go. And I'm going to tell one more story.
0: Yeah. no, yeah.
2: And then that part of this will be over. Okay. And this, one, and this is the last time I'll say this. I might have to say this in the, when I'm talking about the mission, but this is also a true story. This happened. So I, my dad, bless his heart, gave me the biggest, warmest, most loving hug I've, I think I've ever gotten from him when he picked me up that day. And he drove me straight to the stake center the middle of a day on a weekday. And so the stake president probably had to leave work and meet me there or whatever. The State president was not happy. Like, the guy at the MTC was very loving and kind to me. He messed up, but he was very love and loving, and the stake president was not happy at all. And he said, Elder Law, I just want to start with reminding you of when you were set apart, that person that was with you, you introduced her to me as your friend. She wasn't your friend, was she? She was more than a friend. You lied to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why we're here. Yes." <laughs> That's already been established. And then he he read a scripture to me that mentions that Satan's the father of all lies. And he said, and that's how he told me to take off my name badge, was that you don't deserve that name badge. You've taken taken another name on.
0: This is unbelievable. This is awkward, but this (laughs) is true. No, I know. I believe. But it's just like, it's all compounded on top of the fact that it was announced over the intercom. Damn. Like, there's, That's the, there's e- just all of these things that happen. And it's like, yeah. oh,
2: my gosh. It was bad. And But I'm not a victim. I, is the one, I was the one that did this. I was the one that went in the field unprepared, we'll say. And I was also the one that had two opportunities to, you know, make it right. And I'm, to this day, like, I'm pretty much 90% sure if I looked that man in the eyes and I said, thanks for giving me this opportunity, there are some things I need to discuss with you. I really think I would have went to Chile on my mission. It's so amazing how that five minute stretch talk with a stranger was like a fork in my road that affected
0: like, your the whole trajectory of your life.
2: Hundred yeah. percent.
1: One question on this: and you don't have to answer this. You don't want. Did, did you feel did you purposely omit those things and before you went on your mission, feeling like this isn't that big of a deal? I'm okay. Or what was it like? This might prevent me from going, so I'm just gonna hope that it pans out, and I'm yeah. not gonna talk about
2: this. I I never felt like it wasn't a big deal. Um, I was very aware. Like I was raised correctly. I seminary graduate. Like amazing wards. Amazing. Like I knew what what it was and what it wasn't. But um, I just my thought process was in in the guidelines were if you do this six months, if you do this twelve months, if sure. you do this eighteen months, whatever. So I was just in my, in my mind doing the math, like, six months here, like, I'll do more stuff, or I'll do that stuff, and I'll just be that further, much further away, and I really feel like I need to go. So I'll go, I'll, re- I'll do the repentance in the field, um, Heavenly Father knows my heart. It was a justification, totally, but that's where I was coming from. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's no big deal. It's, I know it's a big deal, and I, and I knew it was right. a big deal. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. Um.
2: <laughs> Good so,
0: question. So the stake president calls you a liar, it, which is neither here nor there. I just think, yeah. It's anyways. almost like
2: he took it personal. Right. Like, it, it had nothing to do with him.
0: Right, right, right. And so that happens. And then walk us through. I mean, because this is, I mean, we, we're we understanding this. Listeners are hearing this for the first time. It's years now before you finally turn everything in and, and decide to go. Yeah, so. So walk us through that.
2: I when in that moment from yeah i messed up this is the consequence of my mistakes and i'll i'll face it this is going to be bad it was bad i felt bad in that interview with the stake president i was like all right i'm out like that's what i flipped to like forget this like i don't need this like i tried my best like did i do this right no but i had good intentions whatever and that's kind of put me on a trajectory of you know, some debauchery lifestyle Chip on your shoulder. For yeah. Me. I went down to snow college. Um, I was previously down there for football and I kind of left football. I quit the team and I was going to go on my mission. And then I went down there to kind of re re spark that up and, and see what's what down there. And so I was at school at snow college and just kind of at that point, I felt like I had nothing to lose. Like the girlfriend was gone. The mission was gone. And I just felt like why wouldn't I go to parties and do this and do that and and I did and um so that and I feel very blessed that I was able to to go into that lifestyle and do whatever I did without ever having any anything like legal happen to me or any like sort of addictions or anything and so I feel like I was able to have some life experiences but kind of come out unscathed and I was very blessed for that but by the time you know a year or two later my buddies start coming home from their missions and it was just such a clear difference between the not so great friends I had versus my return missionary like lifelong buddies that were coming home and their love for me and their influence and they uh lived we we all got an apartment in um Orem and we're going to UVU and and it was just like, I, and at that point, so I had kind of stopped and left the the bad lifestyle and I was hanging out with my friends, but I wasn't necessarily, you know, like super active, but I was going to church with them every Sunday. I was going to all the activities, obviously, because that's where like the girls were. And so I was <laughs> kind of by default worthy to go on a mission without even realizing it. And one day I'll never forget it. My, one of my best friends from third grade, Tally goat, just, we were just kind of having one of those late night heart to hearts and he served his mission in Texas and, he just said, like, what are you doing with your life? And he meant that respectfully, but he's like, you're not really dating anybody, and you're kind of wishy-washy on what you want to do with school and career. Like, why don't you just go back? And that guy just was like, why don't I go back? I have no, I have no reason not to. In,
0: in, in psychology, sometimes they talk about non-options in that, like, there are certain things that are just in your brain non-options until it's brought up a certain way, and then you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Was, I could do that.
2: It's yeah. so crazy because yeah. the way he said it to me and then how simple of it I did. And it hit me like, that's, yeah, of course. So that's exactly right. That's crazy that you said it that way because that's, that that describes it perfectly. So I did, I, I did the papers all over it. It had been enough time where I would have to restart the whole process. You know, I guess there's, I, I don't know exactly what the guidelines are, but if there's like a certain amount of time or whatever, oftentimes you can keep the same call enough time had passed where they just started over. So that's what's really cool is that, you know, I mentioned earlier my criteria was out of the country in Spanish, and I got that twice. You got it again. I got Chile um, Spanish-speaking, and I got um, Guatemala Spanish-speaking. And, uh, man, opening up that Guatemala um, mission call was such a special moment. Like, my dad called me. I was at work landscaping. It's here. It's here. It's here. And i and like... I'm sure like the first time around, I know I did, I probably had like the, the party and the pageantry and cousins and friends are over and let's open it. And grandpa's on the phone, whatever. I wanted to just, I like took it, closed my door, locked the door, opened it. And I just was like, so grateful. And it was such a different feeling. And right. It was so, it was so beautiful. Like I've never, I've heard of Guatemala, obviously. Guatemala is right, not like, right. it's just south of Mexico, but like. It felt so me, it felt so right, and I was so grateful, so happy.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, that growth, too, because we've talked about that before, like, just how is, there's some things that, like, correlate, like, the seriousness with which you take your call sometimes correlates with, are you going to have a party about your call? <laughs> <laughs> or not. Like, if it's really serious, it it like if you're really serious about it, you might just have your you're like you'll just have your family. Like you'll be like no, that's it. I'm not inviting friends and extended. It's like this is it. But I think I think what's cool too, and it, it relates to to Scott and like friends, like the influence of good yes. friends, like that said, this is like this has been good for me. And and I, your parents take you so far, your family takes you so far, but it's so good. Like we don't realize the impact we have on others. Just I was thinking of Scott's story. And you had friends, roommates with that yeah. you know helped huge, convince you huge impact so anyway, I was just thinking about that. I think that's that's good to touch on to to think about like return missionaries can still have that impact, even on kids that decided and you know I'm not going, I mean there's still that's still an option. it's still an option so
1: Absolutely. wasn't it when did the church because I remember
0: that they made a bigger deal about that, like farewells and homecomings are not parties. Because I remember, I don't like, remember how long ago that was, but I feel like that affected my farewell. Because my farewell wasn't run by my family, but they had the thing, farewells yeah, were like I, run by family. Well,
1: that's what like. meant. So, totally. so My, my <laughs> oldest brother, when it went, like we got to decide who spoke, and my grandpa would give the prayer, and my dad would do this talk, and yeah. we'd have totally this musical family member singing and yeah. this and that, and the church did make a make a change on that. Because again, you know, it's more about the work than than that person. It's not doing. about you. Yeah, it's not about. Yeah,
2: interesting. Yeah, and it was funny cuz I I didn't even want to have a farewell but you know I my family and people were like this is such a, a celebration. Oh wait, and so
0: they, they, did they give you an option and say, "Hey, do you want to have one?"
2: I yeah, I did and so I had a, wow. a second farewell and side note, funny story, in the middle of my talk the fire alarm went off and like the lights <laughs> were blinking and it was and it was like Okay, what's going on? You're Am I like, supposed to go or not? Like, like, What the heck on, is going go on? Like, I'm but doing it right this time, I promise. Like, but I always go. joke, I always joke, like, you know, it's one of these days that you guys are going to see a book with my name on it in Desiree book, and it's going to be called Two Farewells and a Homecoming. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to tell people that I had two farewell talks.
0: That's funny. That's funny.
2: No, you should write that book. But all my friends and family have always said that, like, the first farewell talk was, like, yeah, this kid is the. But the second farewell talk. Like, this kid wants to go, so yeah. it was good, really good.
0: No, but I get that. Like that's, and that's why I think like me meeting you on the mission, you were there. Like, and I think about Scott going, like, because you two like made like conscious decisions and efforts to get out there, and that's so different, like, from most of us, <laughs> like that are just out there, like experiencing it. And that's so cool. Like that's and that's it's cool to have companions like that, it's cool to have leaders like that that are just, yeah, I know I am here and we're ready to do this. And it makes me think, yeah, I wish I would have made a a conscious effort to go and I'm grateful that I had the support around me to get me just out there. Um, but I wish I would have been a little more ready so did you go to the guatemala mtc or provo again still
2: provo and it was a it was a capacity or schedule thing and because at that point the guatemala mtc was up and running started receiving and yeah. yeah and so we just i went to provo and that was kind of <laughs> like a little bit of a ptsd well, i was just gonna I ask, ask you i was just going to ask you about yeah
0: <laughs> but it was like you I still dri- in the same apo- in the same norm, the same i room? still drive
2: by that place with like such a feeling of triumph and just like i went back and like if if this if this episode is heard by anybody that doesn't already know the story, like I just hope they know two things. Like whatever you feel like you need to resolve or fix in your life, or like overcome, like you need to overcome that, and that's gonna give you such a boost in life and such a happy feeling. I drive past, past that MTC. I remember feeling sick to my stomach driving past that place. I drive past it now. I'm just like, man, I love that place. Like I wish I could go in there right now and have breakfast. Yeah. And just I love it so much and. Like don't let anything hold you back, don't let any fear or anything hold you back and and uh you know the other thing too is I am so grateful I went on my mission. it was without a doubt the best years of my life. no questions. I know that's a cliche, but the thing is, I also recognize that it's not for everybody. I also recognize that there's people that don't like their missions or whatever, but I would just say don't I wouldn't say go on a mission, go on a mission I would say figure it out if you want to go or not and prepare yourself and do it at your own time. Because I always wondered, like, I bet I would be a terrible missionary in Chile. I wasn't ready. I was just right. that guy that was like, what am I doing here? This is when I signed up for blah, blah, blah. Like I had kind of already been through some stuff beforehand and I was ready to hit the ground running in Guatemala and yeah. Guatemala was very blessed for it too. I did a lot of good things down yeah. there. <laughs> so
1: that's like, that's like the paradox of the, of the gospel is it's, you know, no one, no one's compelled to do things, but there's this, compulsion within the church to get people on their missions no matter what. And it's like, that's like, it's interesting thing. Cause it's with, with all the right intentions, right? I mean, yeah. it's, you, you say how great it is that we <clears throat> were able to make conscious efforts to get back out there, but maybe it'd be better if we just minded our manners and got out on our <laughs> missions when we were supposed to and do it, you know, that, and that's, yeah. that's the hard thing is like, it, it, it it's, it definitely is a worthiness thing and you, you need to be, honest and truthful with yourself. And sometimes you have to make that hard decision and the, and the church needs to be supportive of that, the culture, because I think the church is, I mean, the church is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, the atonement's real, like,
2: yeah,
1: it's real. Like we can be forgiven of whatever we need to be forgiven of, but the atonement's not based on like this idea of getting away with something or this idea of, well, that doesn't apply to me. Like the atonement is real, but it needs to be, Dealt with
2: in the right way. Yeah, and I. That's really very true and very good point you make. And I. And the word worthiness is, I mean, for obvious reasons, kind of triggering for me. But it's not necessarily like if I went out the way I did the first time, and if I taught the lesson the way the lesson's supposed to be taught, and if I shared the right scriptures, like it doesn't necessarily mean that it wouldn't still impact somebody. Right. But right. like. It was, it's really more the frame of your mind and where you're at with yourself and with Heavenly Father to be able to forget about yourself and worry about the people in front of you. Yes. It's kind of like when you're on an airplane and they say, don't help your kid put his oxygen mask on first, put yours on first, yeah. which is a, not an intuitive thought. But if you think about it, yeah, what good am I to my kid if I can't breathe? Right. Yeah. right. So, you know, I, I, I just wanted to make that point. I think that's exactly what you're talking about. I love that.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, MTC, we can, is there anything you want to touch on real quick before we leave the MTC and get to Guatemala City North?
2: Yeah, so real quick, I you know I went to Guatemala, had a great time, and met Eric, and the rest is history. Thanks for listening, folks. Like That's the podcast. <laughs> and that
0: was the end.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to talk about anything about the actual mission. Let's talk about
0: let's, it. Let's jump in. So, arriving, I, I do have one quick question. Did you have anyone that served in our mission that you were in the district or zone with in the MTC that left with you from the MTC to the mission?
2: Yeah, I left with um man, we had the super group. I know everyone says that, but No, you did.
0: I remember your group.
2: Elder Hatch. Yeah. Elder Wade. Oh my gosh. And me. And uh Elder Tikal uh, he uh, had some medical stuff and so he he left from the MTC unfortunately, but he was a rock star too. But um yeah, to this day we obviously don't hang out a bunch, but we're all still friends and I love those guys. Elder Wade and Elder Hatch were like, I love those guys so much.
0: Elder Hatch was incredible. He was (laughs) such a... And you know what I loved about him too? He was really honest about like, I barely baptize people here. Like he was like, everyone's baptized people. I didn't. He's like, I tried my best. (laughs) Like I remember remember saying, like being really clear about like I didn't have as many as everyone else has. Like everyone's like baptized tons of dozens of people. And I don't know if he was just, I don't know if he was just being this, like just trying to play it off. Like you can be a good missionary. Yeah. And maybe that doesn't happen for you.
2: Well, first of all, when I hear that, it doesn't surprise me. And I remember him talking like that, but that just goes to show how humble he is. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in your mission, you're that dumb 19 year old or 24 year old. I'm raising my hand, people.
0: <laughs>
2: Baptisms are currency, like, yeah. and it's so dumb. And you it's write so them in silly. the front of your
0: preach my gospel, yeah. and, and it's so like, Here silly. Here
2: but like, that's just who Elder Hatch was. He is such a good salt of the earth person. Like, he's amazing. But what I will say about that, real quick, and I hope you listen to this episode because we're spending a lot of time pumping him up, Hatch. Yeah. You better be grateful <laughs> for this. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I followed him around in the mission, in the sense that like my. First area, no, he, okay, so we had, like, swapped areas. My first area, he ended up, like, following me into that area. And then the I went into Conalito's where he was a district leader or, yeah, district leader before I was in there. And the people talked about him like he was... Donnie Osmond. I don't know. I don't know who else to say. Like <laughs> the love that they had for that guy, man. Like it was insane. So if if you feel like you didn't get enough baptisms, I can definitely tell you that people fell in love with you. Uh, LDS and non-LDS in Guatemala, Tim. So
0: Tim. I see. I remember Tim Hat. Tim Hat and Wade. I just remember. Wade, dude. He I remember So the the transfer I got leaving the capital was the transfer he became AP. And I remember he jumped in there. Was a trio as APs at that point. That's
2: all you need to know about my group. We had two APs in the same group.
0: Yeah. Hey, we you did it. Freaking did it. And, no, but
2: I, and as dumb as baptisms are, the next d- dumbest thing is APs. It's, it's, <laughs> it's <so laughs> Which true. is so stupid, it's but so yeah. true. Yeah.
0: No, but like, yeah, we, yeah. I, mean, I remember getting in the truck and he was taking us, they were, the APs were taking us to the bus and, and we hopped in with them. And I remember him, like the president was calling on their cell phone and they handed it to Wade and he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? are like, well, answer it. The president's calling. He's like, oh, well, okay. He's like, picks it up. And he's just like, and I remember thinking to myself like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing.
2: Yeah. Like, that's what
0: like, and he's AP. Like, great. Great, great, yeah. great. Anyways, that was, he was a cool guy, though. I Very really cool. liked him. other
2: Wade's a stud, man. He's a super good athlete, really good at soccer, and he's one of my best friends in the mission for sure.
0: Yeah. So you guys get there then. Um, I would assume I never met whoever trained you, but we like to talk about, well, oh, actually, let's, let's, stop, let's stop. Let's stop. Okay. Let's get to airport. We do like... Who was there to pick you up at the airport? Yeah.
2: Um, wow, that is crazy. That's a crazy night, isn't it? That first yeah. night. <laughs> that is a crazy night. So uh, I was picked up by um, Elder Vote, who's the AP, obviously. He was
0: my trainer's trainer. Yeah. i never met him, but he was a legend because oh. he was my grandfather. That's all.
2: Elder Vote's a legend. And uh, what I'll say about Vote is, and I don't know his story, but he's another guy who went out later and was older and like me and him had an instant connection because of that. And also he's just a legend is an appropriate way to describe elder vote. I would say, but yeah, elder vote. And then elder Anderson, which is also super sharp, great guy, great at elders. And then president Coleman, our beloved, our beloved <laughs> patriarch of the mission. We love him so much. He was so good. He's the most amazing man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just the, the same stuff. Like, um, took us to Wendy's, saw the machine gun security guards. <laughs> right. Shocking. The, uh, You're like, why are you know, they I here? I don't know if this kept going by the time you came in, but <clears throat> one tradition that the APs like to do is there's like a certain street by their house where they drive the elders pie. And it's just like a red light district where it's just a bunch of prostitutes. But as you get closer, that, they, no, that the, didn't
0: happen to me. No. Yeah. <laughs> as you get
2: closer, the APs slow the car down and you realize that these are um, men dressed like women. And so they're just like, as though, as, as, like, as, as, as if, like, the look and the smell and everything about this place isn't strange enough. Let's make it as strange as we possibly can yeah. for them. <laughs> and they're like, Welcome to Guatemala, guys. This place is crazy.
1: <laughs> and Not in Layton anymore. Davis yeah. County is
0: yeah. left.
2: Yeah, for sure. So super crazy. Um, yeah, it was a fun, fun, crazy night.
0: <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. And then who? So you end up. You spend the night at the AP's house. Yep. And then from there, the next day, do you go to um? Go to, do you go to the office to get all your stuff taken care of, like your? <clears throat> you have to give them your passport.
2: Yeah, and is isn't and that weird. Stuff? Like we went from like the grungiest of neighborhoods and whatever we saw that first night to waking up and beautiful weather beautiful surroundings i mean it's still guatemala but you're like this place is unbelievable like, yeah perfect weather and it was also january too so i was like this is amazing but then all of a sudden we're in that area of guatemala city where it's like beverly hills or so like so nice and they, i'm like this is the mission office like wasn't yeah. there like uh like embassies like next door like across yeah. the hall from our yeah it was insane so i'm like what the heck like yeah. what is this place like it's like such extremes
0: yeah. it is such extremes because it's almost nicer than anything you experience normally in utah like you're like oh this For place sure. is so nice and then on the other side it's like well across town and there's it's also way worse than yeah. anything we'd yeah. ever see it
2: was yeah. nuts um but yeah the admission office which is in that beautiful high-rise downtown and then just down the street president coleman's uh penthouse beautiful gorgeous apartment with those amazing views and that Food that Miss Coleman, Mrs. Yeah. Sister Coleman made for us, unbelievable. Yeah, best day. So, quick story about my trainer. His name is James Anderson, and he actually was a BYU basketball player. He's six foot eleven. I don't think he's officially seven feet tall. He played with like Jimmer Freday. He's in the Jimmer Fredette team. Oh wow! And it was hilarious. Like President Coleman and I'm six four, big dude. And he sees and and uh, Elder Anderson was about to. Um, finish his mission, like he was one of those, like his zone leader forever, and like, hey, to send you home, right? We're gonna take take you to a cool area and let you train, one, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Cool. So, just I know, like, I'm not saying there wasn't like the spirit involved and blah blah blah, but I know in President Coleman's mind is kind of a sense of humor kicked in because he sent us to the most rural, obscure place, not called the Pole Cheek, like it was Robynale. It was like in, um, right? It was in Koban It's way, way out there. So he's like, I'm going to take this seven foot tall gringo and a six foot four big football dude. And I'm going to send him to the mountains and just like this hilarious. And I am so grateful. Like he was the best trainer, artist worker. So, um, just obedient and just the classic, like this area hasn't had baptisms and so such and such and such. And we were successful and it was such an amazing first area. And it set me up perfectly for my next situation where he left, and I got my first Latino companion, and that's like my first valley in my mission, where I was like, "This is freaking hard." Yeah, right. I don't speak the language. This guy isn't a BYU basketball player. <laughs> you know, like, right. like okay, this is okay. This is hard. The mission is tough. Yeah. Like, it was so crazy, but unbelievable.
0: Did you stay in 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 Colon Then after after your trainer. And his mission and it left you.
2: I think I stayed in um, Salama, which was our district. So it was like Koban, bigger city. And then Salama was our district. And then Robbie was like on the other side of the mountain range. Like it was way out there. Right. Anybody right. is from our mission. That's been to Robbie. Now, like that's like a elite club. Like the pool of cheek is the pool of cheek. Right. But Robbie. Now is like the real, we can touch on pool real fraternity. quick for
0: listeners. So for those who don't know, we had a whole zone in our mission that spoke Kekchi, which is a Mayan language. And they were like, when you went there, you didn't come out. Yeah. Like it was it. Yeah. And we never heard from you again. Yeah. Unless you became a zone leader and you went to zone leader conference. Like it was like a hole, like it was like, oh, they're gone. And we heard stories about them. I heard they never shaved. I heard they slept in hammocks <laughs> next to rivers. Like I have no, like there's like, there was a, like, I have no idea. Like I have no idea. Like it's
2: Ra- rabbi now wasn't as rugged as the pull of cheek. And obviously, you know, they speak Achi, which is another dialect, but it's not as prominent as, like, Kekchi. So they still deemed it a normal Spanish-speaking area. But, like, I would say 50%, if not more, of the town spoke. So it was a tiny town. Half the people it didn't were already off the – like, we didn't speak the language. And it was just a crazy experience. But, yeah, our mission is very cool for How that. How shocked
0: were the people by your height, yours and, yours and Elder Anderson? Thank just you for asking that street. question
2: because one of my most favorite mission memories is – walking down this dirt road and this beautiful little cute little Guatemalan girl looks up to us and she says santo dios mami, mira los dos gigantes <laughs> and i just was like and i was like brand new and, and like i looked at elder anderson like did she just say I th- like oh my goodness look at those giants and he was laughing so i was like yeah that's exactly what she said
0: <laughs>
2: and it was so funny. like people looked at us like well, they're small. Guatemalans they are were small. Shocked. They were shocked to see this. Well, I was called Seven tall. Seven feet tall. Great, well, yeah. And I was a small one, 6'4". Well,
0: right. Well, I'm 5'10". And I remember I was called tall multiple times. Yeah. I, the people would be like, oh, yeah, you're tall. And I would always thought to myself, like, I'm not tall. Yeah. I never thought of myself as tall. But Guatemalans are just so small. Crazy. So small. So I just, I remember, though, too, I remember one time we, so Tikal the the ruins would show up in the new hope in star Wars, yeah right we we would go there on p days, like once a transfer or something, remember one time we went there, and they wouldn't let us in for free,
2: oh because dude. they
0: used to, and I remember this because you were my zone leader, I remember you telling me one time because they were getting mad and they like anyways, I don't remember exactly what was happening, but you're like, this has happened to me multiple times on my mission, or because of my height, like I feel like I'm discriminated
2: against. <laughs> oh, dude, I actually can shed some light on that. And, and this one hurts because whatever the arrangement was, they allowed once every six weeks for a change for the missionaries and pay 10 to go to. And then it was just like a known thing there. Which like,
0: never happened again.
2: Right. And there's was right, a known yeah. thing there. They're like, you guys can not only come, you guys can come for free. Yeah. Show your, you know, your little yellow uh, photocopies of your passport. We know your missionaries. It's free. So we showed up, and this was, um, so my first, so I was a zone leader up there, and Elder Bolaños was my, um, you know, the senior companion, and so everything was fine. The first time I went to T-Call, and it was everything I hoped it. But it was amazing. And when he went home, I had Elder Wright with me, and so it was my first time taking the zone to to T-Call, and I just felt kind of like a lot of pressure and whatever. And so... And it
0: was my first time that call called me. didn't oh, even dude, get in. it
2: was bad. And so and I, so and you I don't, were there on
0: this? Yeah, and it this was is... like three hours away from my area. And so, like I
2: don't remember. Oh, dude, this was a bad day, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember who. I think we were smart enough to realize like it was kind of tightening up. Like it wasn't always just like, come on in, no questions asked. So I remember specifically having, I forget his name. He's from Mexico. It might have been your Lopez? district leader.
0: Lopez Ocampo. Oh, oh, Ocampo. Oh, yeah. They were both Mexican.
2: I I had him go up to the the thing and because me and Wright were both gringos. Right. And so I was like, let's just have him go up there. And he did a great job. They, get, they got the passes. And like I said, I was kind of stressed out or whatever. And so when he came over to me and gave me the passes, I like gave him a high five. And I was like, nice job. Like, I'm glad that worked out. Everything's good. Let's go, guys. And then literally someone walked out of that building. And this is a true story, folks. I didn't like I was going to tell you that. They walked out of that building and they came up to me and they saw me celebrating and like patting him on the back. And they're like something shady here. Like he's like, they're acting like they, they got over on us or like whatever.
1: They're getting away with something. And so
2: they took the pass and they're like, Nope, we're not going to let you guys go for free. And I was just like, what did I just do? I just ruined everybody's mission. Like (laughs) elder Castro. I probably (laughs) sat by you. I probably sat by you (laughs) on the bus telling you how cool it was. The whole ride out there. And then all of a sudden, and so it was like, well guys, if anybody has, whatever cost a hundred cats or whatever. It was a lot. Yeah. A, a lot for missionaries. Yeah. It's like, well, we're here. If you guys can afford and people, especially the people that have been before, they're like, I can't afford that. I'm not going to pay that price. And it was bad, dude.
1: So, so you we, just ended up getting back in the bus and going back.
0: So, um, yeah, it was bad. And- yeah. Yeah. And I think we stayed overnight. Yeah. The Sunday night, like we had to travel up because it was so far. We travel up, stay the night, Sunday night with some missionaries and then so when work was done, so was there a mutiny bus,
1: on the hand? I mean, were people mad
2: at you? Ooh. I don't know.
0: I was I was fine because I like I just really understanding like, well, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's any of our faults and they seem fine. But well, I'm sure
2: if I'm, it's anybody's fault, unfortunately, it's probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> but all I all I was doing was just like patting him on the back. Hey, man, nice job. Like, great job. It wasn't anything like facetious and, and we didn't do anything illegal. Like we had always had permission to go for free. I just knew that it was kind of getting tight and blinders that kind of warned me about that a little bit and so i you know very selectively chose aladdin to go up and do the paperwork and stuff and right, so right yeah. i
0: mean in the end we ended up doing it every transfer we just had to i think we had to and we so, just ended up forking out the money and paying or something i don't remember, quick, I, 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 don't remember I vaguely either. remember it but
2: quick shout if 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 we ever you guys were able to return it to do it for free elder sanchez is to be commended for that because elder sanchez you know him obviously
0: yeah that's my trainer the oh famous.
2: that's right yeah. your dad yeah he is, like, extremely intelligent. And I remember, oh, yeah, this is what made me he laugh so He is so, so hard. intelligent,
0: and he's a communist, but he is still so smart. That's <laughs> what, That was
2: my laugh out loud moment listening to your episode was that because I had political discussions with him in the mission, too, which obviously is a bad idea.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, but it's also
2: yeah. a bad idea. Even though I was, like, ending my mission, my Spanish was at my prime time, I was not. And in any position, to have a political discussion yeah, in Spanish. Not, not ready, no,
0: not ready. Because I still, I watch his posts on Facebook, and I like, I speak Spanish. Yeah, and I'm a Spanish teacher. Like I have a minor oh, in Spanish, nice. but I get when I read his, I'm like, he's on another level. Yes, yeah, so like his Spanish and his vocabulary is another level.
2: He is a intelligent, eloquent. He wrote a really beautiful letter to the, I don't know, consulate, whatever. Yes, and he smoothed I do it I remember and that this he's he yeah. like a. Yeah, he's like a diplomat. He's like a freaking rock star. Yeah. He's the one that smoothed that over.
0: Yeah. I, that's right. That is right. Because we didn't, yeah, we didn't pay. We ended up, he had to do that and, and got it figured out. Yeah. No, he was incredible. He was a child and also one of the smartest. Like, it was, <laughs> it was the, because there were times where he'd just do like the most kiddish things. Yep. Like, and just be over the top excited. But then there were times where you'd hear him speak and he would be like, holy cow, this guy's so smart. He's so smart. So smart. And he was, that's what, me and I, this is like a stereotype before like it was just kind of like well all latinos like oh i'm an american like i i am the one that's educated and blah, blah blah and when i met him it was very clear like this kid's smart
2: yeah like for sure.
0: th- like this is a latino that knows knows like what's going on in the world
2: and the funny thing too is like as amazingly smart as he is and, and was he's probably the second smartest the first would be Elder was my zone leader trainer. And
0: see, I never met him. I knew about him. He I heard is of
2: him, so smart. He taught himself English on the mission. Brilliant, super successful now in life. I love that guy so much. And he looked,
0: he looked, this is so weird. He was a Latino that looked like if he wasn't brown, he'd be American. <laughs> because it just, I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know what it is about him. And I remember seeing him and being like, yeah, he looks like, American.
2: He's from Costa Rica and he's uh, he always made it a point to be like, you know, I know it's all Central America, but Costa Rica is like not even close to what Guatemala They were always, I know, it, yeah. don't worry, dude. And he's like, just want you to know, like Guatemala and Costa Rica are very different. Like, I get it, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> well,
0: Mexicans were the same way because L.R. Ocampo and Elr Lopez would always talk down about Guatemala, like, oh, this place is so dirty. And in my head, I'm like, why do you, like, dude, I, Mexico's dirty. Like, listen. There's yeah. no need for us to talk down about this it's country. It's not a competition. Like, no, and guess like, what? America's
2: dirty too. Like I'll go yeah. take you to yeah. a trailer park tomorrow, like yeah. or yeah. even my apartment right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it it's, was amazing how much of that pride was in our mission. Like yeah, it was sad, but no. Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, let's, let's let's jump. Let's I, jump. I do have a yeah. question with
1: so so with your trainer. Did, did you were you conscientious of knowing this is like an amazing missionary that I'm being trained by, or were you thinking a this yeah. is just the status quo. This is what the mission is. And so it was a big letdown when you got your next companion.
2: I, I think I was, I hope I was smart enough to realize that this isn't how my whole mission is going to go. Okay. But I, I think I was in the moment enough to realize like, this is a special opportunity. And, and the other thing too, like I'm a lot more like apathetic about it now. Like back in those days, I was a big BYU sports fan. And like, I knew who this guy was vaguely like, but it was just so fun. Like it was so fun. He was get like letters from coach Rose and stuff. It, it was just so fun. It was so cool. That's awesome, and we got along like we're still really close. Like beautiful um, opportunity for me to be that guy's son, Eho. Right.
0: Well, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna jump back real quick. We didn't we didn't allow you to introduce President Coleman. We just kind of said, "Oh yeah, we know President Coleman," but not everyone knows President Coleman. I want you to talk about him, your relationship with him, how that began, how it developed over time, um, how your interviews were with him, and 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 whatnot. So introduce him to the listeners.
2: Oh, man, President Coleman is uh, somebody that I aspire to be in so many ways. Um, What I mean by that is he's obviously brilliant. Um, I'm not sure if he's a psychiatrist or psychologist or some type of Ph.D., but he was very intelligent, um, very well-read, very well-spoken, but he had such a humility and down to earth and just realness and love. Um, And I remember, and I don't know, you know, for sure on this, and this may be mission hearsay, but I recall hearing stories that the guy that was before him was a little bit more of a stern, like, if you jaywalk, I'm going to send you home. Like whatever, like that type of culture. And I I can't, I, I don't remember hardly anybody, anybody that I knew was ever sent home. And that doesn't necessarily mean our mission didn't have problems. But I just felt like the, the compassion and the love that he had for his elders and his sisters. Um, and that was just felt like, I remember, I mentioned earlier, I had one Christmas and that was one heck of a Christmas. Like the, the Christmas Zone Conference where he spoke of the Christmas story from the scriptures and from his heart and his wife played the pims on the piano and like we had that beautiful amazing dinner like those are some of my best memories period not just the mission and like he was just such an amazing man And my I remember my first interview with him he just looked you in the eye and he'd say why are you why are you here
0: yeah he asked That's everyone. What he this, said to you why are you here <laughs> man yeah. what
2: did that, you say he probably believed that you. was the only time I cried on my mission really I said I want to do a good job and I cried, and then, and then, like I had a really good experience on my mission. I never even came close to welling up. Like I had some really good experiences, but never. I might have cried when I was super sick, like throwing up and <laughs> right helicopter, <laughs> and but, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I just remember, like I just I want to do a good job, and like he's just looking you in the eye, and but in his mind he's like, I'm going to pair you up with a seven foot tall person and send you out to the mountains. Like yeah. he's a cool Well, you cool remember smart. you remember Elder Smith, Tren. Oh yeah, Tren, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he dude. said.
0: So he went in there and he said, "Why are you here?" And Trent said, "He's like, well, I want to serve the Lord and all this stuff." President Coleman's like, "No, he's like, that's not why." <laughs> he just like, us no, that's not why you're here." And then he said, "Well, my brother served and my cousin served, so I'm serving." He's like, "Oh yeah, okay."
2: Yeah, he that's Trent Coleman. Like, yeah, got it. <laughs> he is so real; like, you yeah. can't get anything past him. <laughs>
0: no, but I'm just saying, he probably knew you were sincere because I was just Maybe, like that's one of the things I've always done is I've just. To a fault, like I think I just speak like this is how I feel. Like he asked me, and I was like, "I had, I've had twenty five plus male cousins that have served missions, and so this is what we do." <laughs> and he oh. said, and he said to me, he's like, "So that's a good reason." He <laughs> said, "I was like, okay, that's cool." Dude, I I'm, I'm, he asked that to everyone though. I love that.
2: I that's know. cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of
0: speaking of speaking of experiences, I want you to touch on this. You might. I remember you telling me this. We were talking about spiritual experiences on the mission while we were on the mission. And I was just saying some of the most spiritual experiences I have had have just been in personal study. Like I've just been studying and felt it. Like, and that's it. I remember you saying one time you you helped someone on your mission who I don't even remember. Do you know what story I'm talking about? You helped someone who was either I don't remember if you said they were riding a bike and got in an accident. Oh my goodness. Do you remember
2: this? Wow. That was in that was my very first area with Elder Anderson. That's yeah, crazy that you yeah, brought that up. Well,
0: no, I just remember I just remember it because of because of me talking about like, well, my most spiritual experience has been in like personal study. Like and I didn't think that's how it was gonna be. And then you 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 said, Oh yeah, well, my one of my most spiritual experiences was just doing what Christ would do and we helped this guy.
2: Wow, that uh, thanks for bringing that up because that's actually if like I have a top three stories of my mission, that's definitely one of them. So in that same first town, it's this tiny little Catholic village in the middle of nowhere. And whatever day of the week they do their market, like, it was a crazy busy, like, market day. Like, people are going every which direction. Like, obviously, you know, there's no, like, just whatever direction, cars, bikes, walking, just crazy. And all of a sudden, down, you can see, like, a block or so away. You can see this guy who's just, like, weaving and just swerving on a bike and you just know that he's not right, and he and you just like and by the time he he got like halfway to us from like a half a block away, I looked at him like this guy's going down, like he's gonna eat it, right? And like he, as hard as one can crash on a bike going just enough fast to like not keep going, like he was going so slow but he like slammed his face on the road. It was bad, and he just went right out, knocked out, and he was just passed out drunk. That's what that's what was wrong with right. him. He was absolutely just drunk. The whole market stopped for like two minutes. Not No, just like the whole market just stopped and just watched that happen, pause, and then everything just kept going again. Like nobody cared. Right. No, oh, let's help this guy out. Oh, let's this, this, and this. And I was, <coughs> I was with the people. I was just like, that's crazy. Well. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. yeah. And Elder Anderson was like, hey, we got to, hey, hang on a sec. So we like stopped and like we just went and picked him up, carried him over to the site. And then again, just like when he crashed, the market stopped again and watched us do this. And I got the bike, Elder Anderson picked him up, and we carried him over to the side, and we just, like, laid him up against the building and, like, made sure that he was just going to, like, at least sleep there. And he wasn't going to get hit or run over by somebody. Because he was in the middle of the road, like, yeah, Main Street. Right,
1: right. And somebody would have run him over. Yeah, because, I mean. they don't. No,
0: just yeah, the, going. The, the same brothers. culture that wouldn't yeah, help this right.
2: guy up is the same culture that yeah. probably let a car hit him by mistake yeah. or something. And I just remember, like, what I felt, what I saw there was, like, this isn't a drunk. This is like a son of God. Right. And Elder Anderson's helping me help this guy. And sometimes you're teaching them the lessons. Sometimes you're inviting people to church. Sometimes you're literally picking somebody off the street. And you're carrying them all over to safety. So in my mind, I'm this new missionary thing. Like, this is so amazing. This is so spiritual. And then what's funny is, like, to kind of bring this back to reality is, like, I remember we went to our appointment. And then we came back. And the guy was still there, but his bike had been stolen. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's life. That's real life. But in that moment, like, and even if it was just going on in my mind, but this something happened, like people watch this, like, it's like, we didn't stand up, stand out enough being like six foot four and seven feet tall in that little tiny town. They're like, these guys aren't here to do anything but good things. Maybe we right. don't believe right. them or maybe we don't want to listen to them, but these guys are, are here to do no wrong. Right. And that's success in and of itself. Absolutely. Right. right. Claten seeds, yeah,
0: and that and that i I just think I just think I think people look for spiritual experiences to be in the ways that the stories are told in the enzyme, and it's like <laughs> it's not it's not always how it is, no like it just doesn't come that way, it's no. not what you expect, and it's not when you expect or where you expect it's it's in a crowded market, yeah, like it's in that, but i think I think on that, and I think like. You're the, Scott and I talk about this all the time. Like, it became really clear. Like We had this vague idea of what a mission was before we went, and then when you get there and you're like, oh, we're here to baptize. That is why we're here. Like, and Preach My Gospel makes that super clear. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. But I think we can't get lost as well in the, in, right. in the idea that you are also here to represent the Savior, and you are helping others build their faith by you exercising your own faith and being a good person. And doing what the Sabre would do, and picking people up off the ground, and 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 it, and it's funny that no good deed goes unpunished. That guy's bike gets stolen.
2: Yeah, and I thought no, that yeah, was that, so like, funny. No,
0: well, like, I I helped. I remember Elder M P and I helped this drunk one time. He'd fallen over in his wheelchair in the middle of the road. Pick him up. His pants fall completely down, like he's completely naked. And it's like, oh my gosh, like what? Yeah, we're holding a naked guy yeah. in the middle. Like it's like <laughs> we go to help. You go to help someone, and you think it's going to turn out like this, and it's like no. In- it's dirty, it's mucky, it's grimy. But I think of the Savior, like we see these paintings, these Heinrich Hoffman paintings, or it's like there's these there's these dec- decrepit people, and he's helping them, and it looks while they are sick, it's still kind of clean, like it's yeah. like it wasn't that, yeah, like it was real and it was mucky and oh, it was yeah. grimy and it was imperfect, but he was there.
2: And it, it, <coughs> thank you. And I think that's. One of the other things that just, like, kind of drew me to you on the mission, too, is why we became friends is, like, I just feel like we had a different, like, a approach and, and thought to just, like, the whole thing. And, and the, like, you need to lean into that, too. Like, I remember in that same area. I was still the same white-eyed newbie missionary. But there was another drunk passed out on the side of a building, and he had completely, like, wet his pants, like, yeah. all the way through. And I was like, this has to be, like, a photo op. And, my, and Elder Anderson was like, no, dude, that's disrespectful. We shouldn't do that. No, I'm going to do it. So I went and laid next to him, and I got one of those bags of water, and I just doused like as if I had done the exact same thing. And I just laid next to this guy, and it's like you need to live in both worlds. Um, And
0: listen, it's it's Billy Madison. It's cool to pee your pants. You were just making that guy. Yeah, like you need to just.
2: Yeah, you can't just like look at that and shake your head. Like you just need to lean into it and say just what this place is. Like it's crazy. That just makes. I
1: think every missionary is drunk. We had we had one. <clears throat> where we were out tracking and it started raining really hard. And we'd forgot umbrellas for whatever reason. So we got underneath like an awning <laughs> and there was another guy that was there. And so we obviously started talking to this guy.
2: Yeah,
1: He was a Catholic, just a super cool guy. We're chatting with him. But then this drunk guy comes riding his bicycle in the rain, sees it where missionary stops. <laughs> He's like, just starts screaming at us like, I want the head of the founder of this church. <laughs> and we're like, what? like what's going on? And he's just like screaming at us. And he's like, the other day I went to another church and I left my bike outside and someone stole my bike. So God's not real. Oh wow. And then he's like, at one time I had you guys at my house and I made you coffee and you wouldn't even drink my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, you so guys funny. don't drink coffee. And it was funny because the Catholic guy's like, oh, it's too bad you didn't make him juice then, huh? Yeah. Like yeah. he was like <laughs> cracking
2: jokes along with the guy, but that's, so funny. Just, that's awesome.
0: But you became this is this is a funny thing is like. The drunks knew if you had a badge on, you were their friend. Yes,
2: for sure. They
0: all knew. They all knew. this guy will this guy will give me the time of day. They all knew that.
2: Yeah, because he's not a drunk in our eyes. He's a no. he's a contact, or he yeah. is a child of God, or whatever. Like we're gonna give him the time of day, and everyone's just like, get out of here, town drunk.
0: Well, and that's and that I do think about that though. Like in our own communities, who are those people in our communities that we as like, as, a, as a community that we're like oh yeah that's so-and-so lives down the street they're weird totally whereas like a newbie comes into the community and it's totally. like well why do we treat them that way yeah. who cares like and i think i think we need to be better about that but that's I know.
2: what's so I beautiful about the mission dude you're not gonna exp- you didn't experience that beforehand and you're you're gonna be like me and just be jaded at 10 years later and not gonna yeah. be doing that now and that's why it's a moment in time when you are that person
0: take advantage of that.
2: You yeah. are smelling the roses and you are like watching the sunsets and right. It's a beautiful time.
0: Um, so what, what I know this, but I want you to explain it. And from, from your perspective, what was successful in Guatemala in, as far as teaching goes, what, what approaches were successful, what lessons and principles were, um, connected with the people, um, what what kind of people were you looking for? Were Catholics more receptive? Were Avon Helico's more receptive? I already know the answer to that, but I, we want to hear that
2: from you. Um, I I think it depended. And one thing about our mission too is as crazy as we were one of the four missions in a small country, but our mission had so much diversity. So I think it depended on my area. But to answer your question, like generally, um, I'd say it's the Book of Mormon. Um and it's not necessarily like some people have preconceived um, opinions or thoughts or they've heard this or this about the Book of Mormon here or in other places of the world and that's not to say that people in Guatemala aren't educated and they've, they haven't heard I mean missionaries have been down there for decades but at the same time like when you would sit in someone's home or whatever and just tell them like the first vision tell them about the Book of Mormon show them the Book of Mormon read passage out of the Book of Mormon They just knew it was of God, and it was a beautiful story. And they would hear it in that lens, versus like the skeptical of like, "Eh, I never heard about. I don't know about this Joseph. They were open to it. Yeah. Yeah. So they just they just saw the story for what it is, which is a beautiful story of hope. And it's a it's a and they are all like they know the Bible better than I knew the Bible. Like everybody there, they knew all the Bible stories and. Um, that's one of their their education system, like teaches the Bible very well in their own churches too. But so they just thought there's more of the story to it. And we love that. It's like new star Wars movies. Like this is great. We want more. We're, we're star Wars fans. Some, not always some people like we're doubting and whatever, but, um, I just feel like it was, they just now with the hard part was, Did you like that did you think that was a good story did you feel anything yes well then do you think the next logical thing to do is to go to church no the
0: committing (laughs) or or even them saying yeah and then not going
2: for sure that too
0: them being like oh yeah we'll go like yeah we'll see you there on Sunday yeah or or my my favorite was uh if if God if God wants see Dios yeah Yeah, see (laughs) (laughs) Dios that's that's all (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah And I, I get it now, but, like, as a kid, it's just so freeing frustrating. It's like, of course God wants, you idiot. Like, you got to go. I started calling people out later on in my mission. I'd always say that.
1: God of, care. He was, uh,
0: of course he cares. Of course, of course he wants you to go. Why yeah. wouldn't
1: he want you to go?
2: Yeah. And not even, like, how obvious that is. Like, if obviously he does want that, but it's like, that's really what taking the Lord's name in vain is. It's not like GD. It's that casual use of that of just like an excuse like oh we'll see i don't know i'm not on a high horse or anything but like that's what my mission i got so crazy when i hear that all the time i just be like no you're right so so for you as
1: an american showing up down there what was what was the biggest culture shock for you i mean what about food um traditions i mean was it what you expected
2: i don't think i realized um I just, I just thought of, uh, I thought of Guatemala and Mexico as America and Canada.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, if, if you go to Canada, you can have a steak dinner, and you can go to Walmart and all that stuff. And so I just thought, well, this is what I know about Mexico and Mexican culture. So I'm going to see a lot of the same down there. And the tortillas are not the same. Like, the, the, tor- the Mexican tortilla and Guatemalan tortilla, it might as well be, like, the difference between a watermelon and a hamburger. Yeah and
0: no it's completely different yeah
2: and just the like i i had some good food on my mission i have been to a couple guatemalan restaurants here in utah like so that's but nobody's going to guatemala on a, like a cuisine no. trip trip it's not a food place. i love
0: i loved it i love their breakfast but it's not like we're traveling around the world to get some eggs yeah. beans cream and tortilla. i lost a lot of so weight on my good. mission
2: <laughs> I lost a lot of weight on my mission, and it wasn't that I wasn't eating. I had plenty of fuel, but it's just, like, no BS. It's just, like, the bare essential ingredients yeah. to get you through.
1: So, so when Eric mentioned that, you know, we both kind of had a vague concept of what the mission was before we got there. Was what you imagined a mission to be, did that come to pass, or was it different, and what was the biggest... contradiction of what your your mindset was and what it actually was when you got
2: there. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about missions in the church is the church is so uniform that when you go to sacrament meeting in Guatemala or Japan or here, it's pretty much the same thing. And like the churches were always the most beautiful buildings in in whatever town. And they're really not that different from the churches here. Like the church does a really good, the LDS church does a good job of making the buildings down there like as nice. And so, and and like you even see like some of the inter- idiosyncrasies in like Mormon culture and like the Mormon cultures and the wards and like the just the different things and all that stuff was there and also like the zones, the districts, the changes, the bag—are you baggy or are you trunky—and all this cliche mission stuff like transfers, you know, bad companions, good companions—that's universal. Um, but what I didn't realize is like what it was like to be our age sitting down with a man of a house and a wife and asking them to like change their life completely. Like you guys are now fathers. I'm a father who the, excuse me, who the (laughs) is going to walk into my door and tell me to change and tell me to change my religion and me to do it. That's not going to happen.
0: And tell you how to raise your children. And
2: And so if you think about it that way, like who's going to knock on this door, Eric, Eric, from another church, and sit you guys down and tell you that what you're doing and what you've done oh, yeah. it's crazy.
0: And someone but that,
2: we did it all the time. And someone
0: that may not even speak English very well. Yeah, yeah. Four, <laughs> like someone that so has a, a four heavy four accent. Up. Yeah, yeah. In my so house.
2: the crazy, the crazy thing isn't how many no's you get and how many doors you get slammed on the face. The crazy thing is how many yeses you get. How I many they're like, yeah, sure. Now that you're an adult and we're fathers yeah. now, it's like nobody's walking into the, and if they are, they better have a pretty dang good message. Cause well, so
0: the so jo- the Jehovah's witnesses came by a couple of weeks ago and I knew who they were. And I allowed my wife to answer it. Cause in my head, I was like, I, if I reject them, I'm a hypocrite. Like, like, <laughs> totally.
2: Right? So I allowed her and she,
0: she talked to them nicely and they just gave a pamphlet and they asked questions. They didn't ask to come in, but she was really nice to them. But I just thought that it's like, like,
2: Oh no, the way I feel right now is the way I made people feel for two years. And yeah. so I'd walk up to their door.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, man. Hey, is anyone home? Nope. No one's home. Uh, that answer. Ugh, no I nadie. We get that all the time. There's not nobody here. Like nobody's here. And it's like, yes, there's people here. Open the door. Yeah. Um I was gonna ask um about leadership. You kinda you kind of made mention that um AP status is about as ridiculous as baptisms, that currency. Um Scott and I have talked briefly about how just we we felt that if if I get these leadership positions, it just means I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's how I felt in the mission was like, well, the good guys are leaders. Yeah, that's who they are. And the bad guys become junior companions. Yeah, like and And, and I know that's so bad. Like, like, and I look back on that. And I feel like we've had missionaries on here that served where their mission president could care less and was like AP junior companion, your district leader. Now you're not this and just threw people around. Yeah, just whatever. Um, what was your feeling and perspective on that as far as leadership goes? And was your feeling the same of like, I mean, eventually you became a zone leader. Was that, was your feeling of like, well, yeah, I'm doing that because I'm
2: doing what's right. Um, I think so, but I never felt like a strict, like by the book, like super strict uh, missionary. I mean, I, I behaved, I didn't do anything crazy, but, um, I just worked hard and, and, I don't. Know, I, I I say that uh, President Coleman had a had a more of a traditional culture where it was like a um, like uh, I don't know. It was more of like if you worked hard, if you earned a status, then you got a reward becoming senior companion, and that yeah. was seen in the mission as a status. I remember like in yeah. zone, I remember in change conference or whatever. Hey, so and so's, are you going up? Oh, he went down. Are you going, Are you going up? Going up?
0: No. I forgot that you're going. I remember you got lower, being lowered. Yeah, like going down. You got lowered, or you had an interview. And I like, had an
2: in, interview. and elder so and so DL or district leader. Oh, yes. like you could hear that, and yep. like, and like the AP's would be like, Shh, like, yeah. and that's not necessarily a great thing. I'm not saying that's not an indictment on like President Coleman. but It was probably just a more traditional approach. Yeah. and he and you got to remember too, like, man, like Rabbi Nall was like a four hour bus ride to Koban. An hour and a half bus ride to Salamanca, and then a forty-five minute. But like, so you're putting people out there, way out there. And even though this is only ten years ago, this was like internet maybe in like one or two places in town, right? And yeah. so you need to have there's there is an element of earning the trust and whatever. But I, th- but I think, and we haven't talked about President Torres much. Um, right. Another man that I love dearly, but President Torres came in when I was a zone leader, and he. uh treated me i almost felt like a i wouldn't say like a peer of his but like he, the the trust and confidence he had in me like when he would come up to pay 10 and he would ask me like my que- like questions about pay 10 and what do you think he would really listen to me and like take my opinion into consideration and like that meant a lot like whoa this guy really trusts me and
0: very different men
2: and 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 he would do things uh non-traditional that mission wasn't used to right like, and maybe He'd that's pull people
0: out of Polo Cheek, and I was like, why are they coming out of Polo Cheek? Yeah. They have to stay there. He'd be like, I don't care. He'd just pull them out. And I'd yeah. be like, what in the heck's happening? He can't do that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'd that'd be, that'd be cool if you guys got, like, a former mission president online on this. To, we, we on talked our, about on it. It's on the list.
0: Because
2: yeah. Yeah. those leadership things, I mean, uh, there's got to be a little bit of both. Like, the spirit, this guy needs this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Good question. What
0: do, what do you feel about it? that was a change. Like president Torres coming in was a change. Like the Latinos, it rocked some of them. And I don't know. Coleman had a great relationship with most of the Latino elders. I felt like, and I felt like Torres came down and Torres was a little more, a little more strict Hmm. about things is that's how I viewed it. And I, I was with him more. Most of my mission was with him and that's how I felt it was. But what was your view? Do you did you hear any ink? Because I remember hearing people be like, "Well, no, Coleman would have allowed us to do this." I remember hearing those things.
2: Um, uh, not that I recall. Um, I just remember immediately being like relied upon. Like, I felt like I was his pay ten guy. Like, right? Anything he needed to know about pay ten, or like he would talk to me and my companion about because we were the furthest away from him. Way up in the northern part of Guatemala, just so
0: far away, so far hours away, away. Yeah. eight nine hours away. Yeah,
2: so I just felt like a, a level of trust there, but um, and I just knew that he was like shaking things up. But I was like, our mission probably needs that. Like that's probably a good thing. But I don't really remember. I think it's good. I mean, yeah. change is good. It's- change is good. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember though. I'm sure all that went down. I just don't remember it. I don't Right. Know. Um, I was so baggy. I was ready to go home. <laughs> you were like, yeah, this yeah.
0: is this, this <laughs> is it. Do you uh, do you recall? Uh, do you want to walk us through? you playing the drums at another church
2: (laughs) man that was from the first few weeks or so of my mission when i kind of got an idea what an evangelical church (coughs) was like down there and like you got drums they got keyboards that was like on my bucket list i didn't have the guts to actually do it until it's a little bit later on in my mission with my spanish and like (laughs) you get a little bit of confidence as you like when you're new you're just like "I i couldn't do anything like yeah like I could probably get away with doing this, or I could probably do that, and you know it'd be kind of a funny story to tell people at zone conference or whatever.
0: I mean, you got a picture of it. I mean, you got yeah,
2: it's it happened, and so you walk up to them, and you need to know how to approach that because like they're thinking, oh, this guy this, these Mormons normally leave us alone, but not only are they approaching us, but they're approaching us in the middle of our services. So you, so how many times has this happened, then? Well. <laughs> I just once only... where I really went through with it and did it. Oh, okay. But there was another time where it was in the day, and they weren't having a service, and they were, like, sweeping the floor or something, and there was a drum set. And, and this was, like, a really nice drum set. And I walked up there, and I was just like, hey, guys, like, I'm, you know, I know we're from different faiths, but I just think you guys have a beautiful building. You, That's the thing, like, <laughs> they, they I think are you're, I think your cement block building that's <laughs> pink and green. They're expecting... It's <laughs> so beautiful. You know, they, you they, you walk up to them, they got their dukes up. Yeah, they're ready right, to fight. Right, right. So you need yeah. to... Disarm them. Nice arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice building. Nice this. Yeah. Nice that. Hey, you guys know what we do. You know, we're not going to, we're not coming gums blazing. Like, I just genuinely wanted to compliment you guys on that. And uh, hey, actually play the drums. Would you mind if I, and there's one place where I just like, I went at it and I like had a full on, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Wayne's World, but there's like a scene in Wayne's World where Garth just like goes crazy on <laughs> right. the drums. Right. I went, I had a fun. <laughs> But the time when I actually went in the middle of a service when it was, like, packed and everything, the preacher was like, what are these elders doing? Like, are they going to cause, like, a scene are or are they going to fight? And I same thing. Who was like, your companion? It was in Canelitos, and I think it was Elder Herrera. Okay. Who went to the poachie Okay, guy right, 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 right. And he's kind of down for that Danny. fun stuff. Yeah, Danny. He was kind of yeah. down for, like, joking around. He's a really cool guy. He's also played guitar, and he's a really good musician. I think well, that's
0: him. right that's right he
2: was yeah he's really good and i think it was him um it might have been someone else but i just was like trust me take my camera just i'm not gonna do anything bad just take my camera get this hat and so i went up there shook the preacher's hand and just whispered in his ear like we're here to worship with you guys um you know we 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 heard the music from the street it's beautiful." We're not here to, like, take your congregation. We're not here to do anything other than just be here with you guys. And, and, and to show this, I would like to join you on stage and play the drums. Is that okay? <coughs> and at first he was just like, what the heck are you doing? This guy's being nice. Will I allow a Mormon elder to play on the drums during this performance? And he said yes. So I sat in, and I just played the drums. So what did the other
0: drummer do? You just said, hey, keep that thing? Like, what did you say yeah. to him? Just I, just, like, I
2: just literally was like, hey, man, just real quick. And he's like, okay. But, this <laughs> one- <laughs> but it was like the guy's son or something. Like, he wasn't, like, a real drummer. He was just like, it was like, if you was like, a real drummer. If you, like, watch the old-school Beach Boys, like, Brian Wilson is, right. like, the genius. And then their little brother, Dennis Wilson, was just in the band because their dad made him. Right he's, right, he's like, well, we'll go play the drums. He yeah, sucked. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. It
0: was kind of like that. Yeah. So do they...
2: How long do you get a play? Just for a song, and then I was like, "Thank you, thank you so much!" Like we're gonna go like that did was they, amazing. Do they cheer you on after that? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like make it bigger than I mean, I could I could make this as good of a story as I want to because only one other person could really like C- but,
0: collaborate this, but it
2: wasn't like. like, like Round of applause or standing ovation, right. but it was just like, thanks for joining us. Give them a hand. So wait, when they, they told you the song, though, I
0: mean, do they just start playing and you you feel the the rhythm and you start playing with them? Did they play a song you knew? Like, well, I'm assuming they did. It
2: was uh, I mean, we're talking like it was no big deal. And hey, that's the part that I was ready for. I I, I am a drummer, dude. That's the easy part, man. I was ready for that moment. <laughs> I had I had envisioned that moment my whole mission, my whole life, really. <laughs> to this day, that's the biggest audience I've ever played. in. <laughs> I played in like punk bands and stuff before my mission.
0: <laughs> but that was it.
2: Yeah, it was fun, man. That's, so funny. I did that. That, that's, that's what that's what you guys, people that listen, you you need to carve out time and space to not be disobedient, but you need to have fun on your mission. Like,
1: go right? yeah, go play soccer with the kids. You need like, to go, Talk to the preacher. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, I I almost think it's just breaking up monotony. I mean, that sounds bad, but, like, again, and we talked about this before we started recording, I love the mission because it was so structured. But, again, every day is very, very similar, and you have to find ways of finding things that are just funny and unusual to lighten it up and have that conversation. We had one house in one of my areas. It was a blue house. So we just assumed this house is blue. It's water. And these guys need to be baptized, and it became like our white well. And we never got anybody down oh, to the man. door. There. I mean, we knocked that door every day of the week, every hour conceivable. But again, it's like that's like the funny pure missionary yeah. thing. Like, oh, the blue house about water, so they yeah. want to get baptized. So we're gonna knock on that door, or we're gonna go play soccer so with the kids, true, or whatever, man. just random things like that. And I think that's again, and 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 I was definitely guilty of being much more serious on the mission than I probably needed to be, but I still tried to find those, those opportunities. And that's true. key.
2: You hope that you're going to remember all the spiritual lessons and you hope that you're going to remember all the baptisms, but the cool thing is that you're not going to, but the cool thing is that the people that you are teaching and baptizing, they will remember that and they'll remember you. But unfortunately you are going to remember playing the drums and you got to do that stuff. Yeah.
0: You, that brings up to me again. I, I talked to you about this, but I just remember one of the funniest things. You you would just walk into these small little stores that are in houses and just ask them if they sold Xboxes. <laughs> just straight face. <laughs> I don't, I don't like know these, why. Like these little stores, all they have is like the bare essentials. Yeah, if, if, they're out of their nice. house. Like they're running out of their house and you're like, oh, is Xbox? <laughs> like just dead face. And then you'd be like, oh. And like I just remember your response after they'd be like, They'd be like, uh, no? And then you'd just be like, oh. Gracias. And you just leave. Like that was it. Like yeah. there was no there was no reason. It was just like, I'm going in here. You guys have Xbox. Like this old Maria de Jesus has no idea what it you're was, talking about. It was about. an
2: Xbox or it was like just stuff that you knew they didn't have. Or maybe even a herd so of. So you do other things as well? Just I and I can't even really think of it. Just be like, you guys have like plasma TVs or like just something stupid? <laughs> and like these are like we have Chips, drinks, and... <laughs> homemade like, cleaners. Yeah. Chicken bouillon,
0: and that's about it. Yeah. Like, chicken flavoring, and this is all we have. And some uh, dehydrated milk.
2: And even if you're, like, with a Latin companion who's, like... The people you're joking with that don't understand sarcasm, they don't understand your angle. And there's nothing facetious about it, but your companion doesn't either. Like, you almost need to do that to, like, keep yourself company sometimes. Right. Like, me and my friends, or I would think this is funny, and, like, this is something I'll put in my pocket, like... Because otherwise you can be pretty isolating when you're with the Latin companion and you're in an area where and you're just like, nobody understands my sense I, of humor, my way of thinking. Right,
0: right. Well, and it's funny. The sense of humor is so different. It's so, so it's different. so different, but you can figure it out. Like as a, you, you start figuring out what works and what does. I just, Totally. I just, I just think I, I remember there was a kid and he was newer in the mission and his companion, this is also crazy. His companion um, was deaf a new sign language, we happened to find a family that had, um, a deaf girl. And so he came and helped us teach them, but his other companion did not speak much Spanish. Um, and I remember sitting in a lesson one time and they were talking about something like having a side conversation. We were just there. I was sitting by him and he just kept saying things to them, knowing that they were not listening to him. And he just kept interjecting. Like they mentioned something about being tall. And he's like, oh yeah. And he said, Yao Ming is bien alto. Like he just said, Yao Ming is so tall. Like, and he just started saying, and I'm like dying here. He just keeps interjecting. And they're not listening to him. Like, I'm the only one that can hear him. They can hear him, but they just, they just drowned him out. Like, he's just saying these weird things. Like, oh, it, picking up on these little words, and I'm just dying here. I'm like, Yao Ming is very tall. Like, I remember, remember them saying,
2: anyways. I remember if this is Elder Oak, Steve Oki. He was, like, one of the, he was on his way out when I got in there, so you probably never heard about mm-hmm. him. But he would, him and his companion, and I think this was him. If it wasn't, he, he would do this type of thing. They would come up with, like, a word before the lesson. And it's like, okay, hey, if you were work, working in Yao Ming or whatever it was into this lesson, if you do it seamlessly, and if you do this, like we'll have a competition, you can do it the best. And like it was hilarious.
0: <laughs> but you got to, like got You got to figure that stuff out. Let's uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm dying here. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to to, to touch on um, in a hard part of my mission, you were someone who helped me out and with, with, with whom I, I talked. When I was having a really hard time with my own faith, and you and Elder Wright were so calm in talking to me when I told you guys like, I don't know if I know why I'm here. Like I don't I don't know if I really have a testimony, all this stuff. And you guys were so calm in your response and so trusting to just send me on my way like back. And things worked themselves out. Um like are do you remember that moment at all?
2: I do, and it was it was really interesting to hear it from your side of things 'cause Maybe in the moment I didn't realize how big of a deal, like how big of a crisis or whatever you're going through. Um, and there's there's a few things to that. And we talked about this before we started recording. But in that same area, there's a little bit of drama going on in your district. Yeah. And so like that was something that me and Elder Wright were very involved in handling at that point. Um, and we had our own area and we had our own like stuff and like our people that we were teaching and so. And I, I don't mean to say this lightly, but, like, when you came to us and you gave us that talk, like, in our opinion, like, you were the one saving grace of that district. Like, Elder Castro has it going on. He is very smart. He's very – and you would me had been on an exchange, I think, at that point at least once. Yeah, yeah. And I had worked with you, and I'm like, this guy works hard. He has good intentions. Like, so I was just like, dude, you are good, man. Like, you – I understand what you're going through. I hear it. But it wasn't, but I've also remember times where like elders would talk to me about stuff like that, and I was like, oh, these guys this guy's in a tough spot or this guy's being disobedient, and I just thought my impression of you was he's extremely smart, he's coming at this in the right way, um he's going to come out on top, and he doesn't need anybody else to help him. He's gonna figure this out on his own, like he's a smart guy, but he's also not like smart in the sense that he's gonna like outthink the church or like just be so logical that he's going to like need scientific proof or whatever. Like he's extremely smart. And my thought is I believe the church is true. He's a smart kid. He has good intentions. He needs to go figure this out.
0: And then so just context of this, this is during your mission when you right. How far Does leading. that make sense, though? Yeah, no, it makes it. I think I was seven, eight months, nine months. I can
2: tell you, I didn't treat every mission missionary like that.
0: Well, no, I just I was having so yeah. In context of this, I was I, I came to Elder Law. I was just I remember having a rough they, time. They were your zone leaders. They were my zone leaders. We had zone conference, so we were coming up to you guys, and I just remember deciding on the bus. I was like, "Geez, Louise, like, do I have a testimony that this stuff is true? Like, do I even know that I've had an experience with this stuff?" And it was, like, really heavy on me. Like, the anxiety was really bringing me down. I was like, I don't know. Like, do I believe any of this stuff? Like, anyways, so I remember thinking to myself, well, I've got to talk to them. Because I looked up to you and Elder Wright as, like, you guys were it. And, you, and you, you remember Elder Wright. Like, you, like that man looked into your soul when you talked to him. <laughs> That's so true. He looked right into your eyes, but listened it was to like everything the most loving you said. Gaze. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he, he listened to everything you said, nodded repeated it back, like went through it. And so like, that's why I was like, I've got to talk to them. So I've got to talk to them about, I don't know, but I, I, I'm glad to hear that because I remember talking to president Torres one time about things and I remember him answering me completely differently. Like he wasn't even listening to me. Like he was just like, blah, 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 Mm. blah, blah. And, but I, but like in hindsight, I had to get through it on my own. I had to figure it out. And I did like, and that was, and that's what I needed. I just needed people to be confident of like, we don't need to baby him. He'll figure it out. Like move on.
2: Well, and it wasn't even like, he'll figure it out. And it wasn't like making light of it, but it was like, and I, and I obviously I wasn't like in a any position, like we were equals. We we're both missionaries. And it's so funny, like in your mission, like, Oh, I've been here for two months. So I'm pretty, I'm a big deal. Like I know this place in <laughs> and out. You don't know crap, you know? Yeah. And and even at the end of your mission, you don't know crap. Like you haven't even started your life yet. Yeah. Right. And so it's not like I was in, like, any position of, like, authority or anything above you, but um, I just, like, I would liken it to um, a child walking up to me with, like, a knife or something that he could really hurt himself with. He was like, Dad, what do I do with this? And I'd definitely, like, intervene and help him. Because it's not like I'm just going to, like, let everyone go and have their, because if he does that on his own, he's going to get hurt. But I just saw someone who walked up to me, and, and the fact that, I mean, A, the fact that you even came to us and and talked that out, or they even had a self-realization or, or, you know, an epiphany of sorts where you thought, how can I teach this if I don't really know that it's true? Most people don't even get that far. They're just like, I'll just teach it and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's most of the missionaries. So, I mean, the fact that you're even worried about if I don't have a testimony or whatever, like, you were already figuring that out, and then you came and talked to us, and plus everything I already know about you, I just was like, this guy is, I, I knew that right away when I met you, like how smart you were. This guy's extremely intelligent, but he's not like, like, and I just said this too, like he's not like, sometimes you're too smart for the church, yeah. and it can hurt you, but you had good intentions, and you were coming from a good place, and I just knew that, plus the church being true in my mind, everything was going to be fine.
0: Right. Do you remember the scripture you shared with me? I don't. <laughs> so it was, I, and, and we just read through it again last year in New testament, it was, and it had something to do with the if because you asked me, you said, Do you believe Jesus is the Christ? I remember saying, Yeah, I believe that. Like I, I I believe that's true. And I remember you saying, like, No man can say and that was the scripture, no man can say that Jesus is Christ but by the power of the Holy Ghost. I remember that's the scripture you pulled out. And you read that to me. And I that stuck with me because I remember thinking to myself, like as I left, like, what does that mean? Like I and now looking back, I think like, Well, if you believe that stuff, like that doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not natural, that's not natural to just be okay with something with a man you've never seen, like never had an experience with and i i i remember i got I remember that really clearly and i and anyways that that scripture means a lot to me now, but I remember in that moment, never have heard of that scripture and that's that's a cool thing about the mission though, like you get to know the scriptures,
2: like oh my God, and you can
0: just pull it out, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. it comes to the forefront of your mind it's yeah. sad
2: how I needed to get revisit that, but i was very, but at that time I'm a mission. Like I was in a position where I, and I'm not now at all, but I missed that. And you're absolutely right. Like I just pulled that out of my hat. And that's just a, You're
0: like, I've read this in a personal study. This works. Use this scripture for yeah. this situation. I
2: remember leaving the Bible at home on purpose and just going out to the book of Mormon. And I would always ask for the person in the house to bring me their Bible. Yeah. And the fact that I could just do that, like yeah. I, I'm not in confident a enough that, that
0: you can find what you're looking for in someone else's Bible. Yeah. Like, I can, yeah. And I, but I think that now I struggle with these stupid phones. <laughs> so true. Like, cause now I'm like, cause this morning I was looking for Galatians and I was like, in my physical scriptures and I was like, oh, where is it I before? Know I don't, I was is. like, it's on in the, page, the, yeah, exactly. On, yeah. I'm like, it's in the New Testament. I don't know where it is in the New Testament. It's somewhere around here. And then eventually I fumble on it. But with the phones, it's just become like, just search Galatians. Search a word that's yeah. in that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think. I think too, but it's like you said too, it's the, you get used to your physical scriptures. You take them with you and then you're able to know it's on the left side of the page. So true. Like it's like, it's on the left side of the page, the bottom left corner. That's where that scripture is. And I
2: highlighted yellow or pink or blue or pencil or whatever.
0: You know exactly what it is. Um, I want to talk about um, baptisms real quick. Did you ever baptize anyone in a river? That was a big deal on our mission. Uh, yes. Yeah. See, big but, deal.
2: And this, this is going to come full circle. This might be a good one to end on because this is again, my first area. And this is where <clears> other <throat> Hatch comes into play. Cause he followed me after that. And for whatever reason, this young girl, it was from an inactive family. They had a girl who was eight and it, back in the, you know, it was like inactive family. That's a lot easier than start from scratch. They right. had a the girl who's eight. That's a yeah. baptism for us. Like, you know how we missionaries think. Yeah. yeah. And Hey, guess what? They're in a tiny little town and there's a river and that's a good photo op. And, it, and I wish it wasn't that way, but that's how some missionaries think. And that's how I was thinking for sure. Yeah. But it was funny because we, we taught her the lessons. We reactivated the family and it really was a great experience for everyone involved, but the baptism itself was pretty theatric in the sense that this girl was terrified of water. And Jeez. so we went to the river and the river wasn't like, I mean, the river was probably like barely to te- my knees. And so, and we were like, well, fully immersion, fully yeah. immersed in whatever. And we tried like five or six times. And she was just kicking and flailing and screaming every time. <laughs> this was my first baptism and down the river. There were some kids swimming and they were like, that guy's drowning. drowning like what's going girl. on? Like, this is my crazy. God. And it was just so chaotic. And we finally gave up and we were like, we were devastated. Me and Elder Anderson were devastated. The mom was so embarrassed. Like the mom knew how much it meant to us. And the mom was excited too. And the girl was like crying. Like it was such a traumatic experience. <laughs> So I leave, Elder Anderson leaves, goes home. I go to my next exchange or whatever. Elder Hatch shows up in that area, finds his family, you know, follows our notes, follows the trails that the previous missionaries leave behind. Because this is like a small town outside of Rabi now. This is like, it's called Kubuku. And it is like way out there. And we went out there because of this inactive family. And Elder Hatch, same thing, but he's like, we know what happened with Elder Lowell. And I know Elder Lowell. Elder Lowell was my friend of the MTC and so he like, used that whole thing, and like, first she was like, no way, no way, no way. I'm not going to try it again. She's like, I know Elder Loli's my friend. Like, we're just going to do it, but this time we'll take you all the way to Salomon. So they took her on like, a two-hour bus ride to Salomon, and they paid for it, everything, and then the ba- actual official baptismal font, same thing, couldn't baptize her. Same thing, she cried, tried over and over and over again, flailing, 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 and then they just gave up, just devastated. Twice now, this what is like yeah. just for one baptism, and that's how desperate this place And that's when you start thinking this place really is cursed because this is one area, Guatemala in general, lots of success. Those Catholic villages in the middle of nowhere,
0: they did feel
2: cursed. This area was like six months plus since any baptisms before we got there. And so then, like, then the hatch was like, Well, lol, I can't wait to tell you this story. You're gonna, you're gonna freak out, and it's gonna be unbelievable to you that the same thing happened to us, but it happened in Solomon, the actual baptismal font. But then the funniest thing was. He went and told us to Elder Coleman in his interview, and Elder Coleman's like, "Oh, really? Yeah, the guidelines are cut, try a couple times, but if there's any like physical issues or anything like malfunction with the font or whatever, like
0: count it. You, the cow- count it's it. all
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the doctrine behind the full immersion is there and everything, but like that's not going to be standing between someone and that's so funny. And so I this was girl just got baptized twice, and and then like later on, like the third companionship confirmed her. Because she was baptized already before. Right. And so crazy, well, it's, uh, crazy, well, crazy story. So, so that's a the thing that we get that caught one. up
0: in as young people is like letter of the law. Exactly. Like, well, no, they said yeah, immersion, they and to. they do mean that. But at the same time, like, like my, my bishop, and I don't know if it's in the guidelines of the church, but his big thing is if one of the priests messes up, and he's told me this, if they mess up two times in the prayer, if they mess up the third, he just lets it go. Smart. He just like
2: because yeah, then we're it becomes good. more of a distraction. Yeah, it
0: becomes
1: a PTSD. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah <laughs> totally. Kids yeah. line up for public humiliation. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Totally,
2: you
0: yeah. idiot! Say it again and say it right. But that There's was the no cool. It. It,
2: me and Elder Hatch were like best friends at the MTC, and we flew home together. But we were never like companions or anything, right? But we we had one baptism together, and that was it. Because. I dunked her, he dunked her, and the next companions so so confirmed
0: her. The question is, who, who got to actually write <laughs> okay. it and preach my gospel? Who counted it?
2: Oh, uh, I counted it for sure. <laughs> After Coleman, Once you got I, I, I'm going to go home and check, but I probably like, <laughs> scribbled it in afterwards. I hope he counted it too, but that was so funny. But the, yes, that was a river baptism. and That's another so one, fun. I had another like official river baptism, in deeper water that went really well, and that was probably like, that was like your other side of heaven moment. I had on my mission that was, but I'm I'm here to talk about my no debaucheries and stuff like yeah right. Everyone has those beautiful like that was an amazing baptism actually, but the but, listeners don't want to hear about that. But no one
0: wants to hear about the they, they got
2: a thing. million of those stories already. So you
0: ended up in Koban, Ampetan, and you were in the city. You did all of that. Those were the three Very big blessed. areas. Like Very the blessed. like the the city was where a big chunk of the missionaries were, and then Koban. Was like a, a department, which is like a state, right? The big area, beautiful, right? I never got there, right? Um, and then Peten was the more northern area. Um, Dude, the
2: diversity in our mission was crazy. Yeah. Guatemala is like maybe the size of Utah geographically, if that, maybe not even that. I think it's a little smaller. Yeah. And we were just one fourth of it, but then we had jungle, desert, like deep, deep yeah. urban, like, Craziest, dangerous gangsters. Zone eighteen, man. Oh, like, you're zoning in Limon. I never had. Yeah. I was never that deep in the city. I started. That's that where is I started. a crazy story. And the funny thing too is, before I knew you, I had heard that story, and I kind of knew Mule Steve, oh, but not where, really. Oh,
0: oh, oh. so what, where, when the gangsters call us, so and, like
2: that spread like wildfire. The I'm, mission is yeah, like a crazy story. People
0: love that's a mission. But I didn't story really know the others
2: really involved.
0: Oh, wait, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. I didn't really. Oh, it became dude, that a legend story, because I was so young. I I ended up in San Pedro Yampuque, like this other Catholic village outside of the city that was just garbage. Yeah. Like, and so I, I, was I had in
2: Llan- no idea. I was in Llanos de Santa Maria. So I was just right next to that place. Yeah. Dude, your story was like legend. That was scary, <laughs> scary stuff. Dude,
0: Mielstein. He just started dropping bombs, man. Like it was, that was crazy stuff. <laughs> That's the probably the
2: appropriate reaction. Yeah.
0: No, i looking back now, like at the, in the moment I was kind of like, we shouldn't, he shouldn't be saying that. Shouldn't be saying that. But then like, looking back, it's like, well, why not? Like he thought his life was over. Like, this is the end. It was funny. And anyway, For those wanting to know the story, go back and listen go to Go back and listen to the 19th episode of season yeah. one. The Eric Castro episode. Yeah. Gangsters. When was, gangsters come calling, you just leave 1,800 cats on your front doorstep and use GTHO. The cool thing is, it out. was
2: cool to hear that story from the horse's mouth. Because I had heard like everyone else talk about it and like sleep over his own conference, whatever. But the funny thing is, like the inflated, like secondhand, thirdhand version. What do you
0: remember hearing? This is crazy.
2: No, that's the funny thing. Is that story is on its own. It, it, nobody inflated anything. Like that story is as crazy <laughs> they, as they,
1: they, they stayed
0: as good.
2: Nobody added anything. They didn't have to
0: elaborate that people were on horseback yeah, with no, AKs.
2: Nothing like, like that was the story that I heard. Second that's hand, pretty, third yeah. hand. It was crazy.
0: No, I just remember I just remember walking quickly down the street in every car. This I remember so clearly. Every car that turned a corner, I was sure that,
2: that they were gonna drive shooting. by
0: and just load us full. Like that was gonna be it. Like we were just gonna be mowed down in the streets. And it I didn't realize Limon was dangerous though until and that's the funny thing about being in these places. Like you are in when you're in the city in Guatemala, like it is so dangerous. And it's so bad. Like, between Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, like, murder trifecta of the world. Like, those three countries.
2: Statistically and, like, just around, like, absolutely, you see it, you hear it. Yeah. It's all there. But the only reason why, and obviously because I was a missionary and whatever, but the other component that I never really felt in danger that much myself, and obviously your story proves me wrong, but I never really felt super in danger because I felt like those that were murdered or whatever had it coming in that organized right. crime world right. in, in some sense. And so you never Got heard innocent, you that. never heard innocent bystanders. There was no mass shootings. There was no person just losing it and going crazy in a supermarket. Like it was always organized it was crime, related.
0: violence and, and a lot of that stuff. Um, is there any, do you have a go to, you, t- you talked about one of them, but is there a go to mission story that when someone says like, well, what's a, that's a good story from your mission. Good, bad, ugly. doesn't matter. doesn't need to be spiritual, whatever it is. What's your go to mission story?
2: Um, that experience in the market picking up that guy and taking him to the side is definitely up there. But um, kind of your traditional, um, just amazing. Like everybody in the mission wants to baptize a family, and they want to see that family go through the temple. And um, oh man, okay. Uh, for what? For a moment there, I was worried I was going to forget his name. Elder Baldwin from Arizona, yeah, big talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. In 10, when I was his own leader with the other Bolaños, right next to our, there's some big long street that just cut our areas in half. And for some weird reason, like, he was teaching a family that he thought was in his area, but turns out it wasn't. So he, like, formally, like, after a district meeting or something, he, like, sat us down. He's like, I just want to hand this off to you guys and, like, give you guys some context of who these people are and what we've been working on. And, And he started crying. And I, and I had, like, a moment where I was just, like, and I don't know why I was in this moment. I almost, like, want to slap him in the face, like, dude, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> and who do you think you're talking to? Like, <laughs> yeah. do you not think that we're going to go and, like, and then he, like, was like, no, but, like, he had this story after story where, like, so many things had gotten in the way of this girl. And so what, what it was is her name, her name is, uh, I think it was Addie, and she was, like, a teenage girl, and her dad was, like, I hate the Mormons, I hate those guys keep coming over, whatever. And she wanted to get baptized so bad. She had a really close friend who was Mormon. And so, and there's all kinds of other things. And Baldwin was telling us this big, huge sob story. And I, and I was just like, dude, I was so rude to him in that moment. I was just like, why are you crying? We're going to go there. We might go there today. Like we're going to take care of this, but stop crying. Like something, stop end of the, crying
0: or I'm yeah. not teaching. How many girl. times yeah. do
2: you like, Hey, we got this family or got this family. Okay, cool. We'll take care of it. But he was like, almost like grabbing us by the shirt, like, and you guys better not mess this up yeah, right. or it's going to be on your heads. And I was just like, dude, check yourself, man. Yeah. Like we're the zone leaders, pal. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> and so like, so we like hiked out. There was way far. Did way, you ever meet walk. Elder
0: Christensen
2: uh, from Idaho? Yeah. Yeah. He's a his great big guy.
0: line. I just thought about his big line. The mission was always, do you know who I am? <laughs> that was his big thing. Always. Like he, like whenever anything came by, he'd look, he'd like cock his head a little bit and be like, do you know who I am? Always I, just, always, I was just
2: like, Baldwin, man up, dude. Quit crying. What the heck? So me and Bolaños um, go, and after lunch or whatever, we walk out there, and, and we just had the most amazing first discussion. And there's something that we were able to do where we disarmed the dad, and we, like, talked to him about this or soccer or this, and and we, like, broke down that barrier, and we were able to baptize her. And then right before I went home, we baptized the mom and then, um, and the little brothers. And by the time I was home, I remember Elder Muelstein and right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Muelstein replaced me. In yeah. Mulestein did replace me, Yeah. So they, they called me, they got my number somehow and they called me from the mission and I was like an American fork or something like landscaping. And I get this call from this weird number. I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing, man? Yeah. And it was so weird because it was, like, my companions talking about my people, but I was, like, in the right. world, like, in a job.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, and they were just weird. like, we just
2: want you to know the dad got baptized, and they're doing amazing, and this, this, and this. And I was just like, wow. And then a year after whatever, they went through the Guatemala City Temple. That's awesome. That's so cool. So cool. And um, Baldwin, man. Yeah. He, it was all. He him. wasn't joking. He his tears; those tears were real. <laughs> and there was something behind him. And so, like, um, it was a team effort from him, me, Bolanos had our part in it, and the family was just like totally converted, like a real family in the church sealed. And
0: well, that's when you know that's, it was amazing. Well, that's Pure when joy. you yeah, and Pure that's joy. when you know they mean it though too. Is that the missionaries left and they kept going. Cause you don't want them to be converted to you. Right. Cause that happens so often that like they get along with the missionary, that missionary leaves and then they're like, well, whatever. It was passed off to another missionary, another missionary. Like it just kept, it just kept getting passed, but they were, they were converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message that everyone brought. Yeah. Right. Which that's, that's cool.
2: It was a total team effort. It was beautiful, man. It was such
0: a great way to end my mission. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything before we get to the final question,
2: Scott, anything you want to ask? this has been great. Cool. Um, no, thank you guys. Like if anything else, my boys have this of their dad, you know, I don't have this in my dad's mission. Right. Yes. So thank you guys.
0: No, no problem. So we're going to finish up with some questions. We don't have a final question. It's like a final questions. (laughs) There's a few (laughs) few questions. Um, first off, um, I'm going to ask, what were you scared of before you got on your mission? Like, what were you worried about that you found out you probably, or, you know, what were you worried about before you went on your mission? And then now having served a mission, what should you have been worried about? Because for me, like I was worried about learning a language that came, like that came with time and with work. Right. But there's other things I should have been worried about. What so what were you, did you have any fear or trepidation to anything before? And then what hindsight should you have been worried about?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. I think I had some language fears, but I always loved Spanish class and I took some Spanish at Snow College and I think there was some of that, but <clears throat> I think, and me, um, Scott, sorry, Scott, You're fine. me and Scott talked about this before we started recording, like just the concept at 1924 of what two years means versus what it means now As yeah. 36 years old. Like I just remember thinking like two years, like. Everyone's going to move on in life. Like my girlfriend's going to whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like, just what, whatever you considered the end of the world to be, those things are going to happen. But two years is like that. And like, you come home and like, nothing's changed. Like you think the world's going to go right, on without right. you. And you're just like, and like the time's <sighs> going to happen anyways. And so, so for whatever reason, that was always a big deal for me. Um, but you know, it, it was not that big of a deal and I'm, I didn't – I don't know. So that's one thing that comes to mind. Uh, I was always worried about getting sick, and I was worried about dying on my mission. I had a big fear. Really? Of really? Like,
1: like, did you imagine it as, I'm going to get hit by a car? Or I all I'm gonna I don't know if this or, is, like,
2: an irrational fear, because sometimes I have, like, fears of my kids dying now, like a school bus is going to hit them or something crazy is going to happen. my
1: yeah. mind 24-7. I think yeah, that's just parents,
2: that's, but yeah. – like I just was like, there's always something in me like I'm never gonna hug my mom again. I'm never really gonna go home. Like I'm never really gonna. That's leave Guatemala. Heavy.
0: No, that's heavy. That's a heavy, real fear. Like I never had that, but like I can understand that. Like pain.
2: there was times where I felt like, like home was another world away, right. and like I'm never gonna see it again. And like you remember the bus rides and the yeah. and the hitchhiking, right? Yeah, and so no, dangerous. There's sure. no. I it's a it's a city like I don't know. 10 times the size of Salt Lake or something like that. Yeah. But there's no I-15. Yeah. There's just two-lane highways everywhere. And there's two-lane highways from 10 to the Capitol, 12-hour bus ride, 10-hour bus ride or whatever. And it's like the skittish, smallest little 2 and everyone's going so fast. Like, I thought I was going to die of head on collision or uh, robbery or something. Right. I-, I really did think I was going to die. I don't know
0: why. <laughs> like, it didn't matter how it was coming, but it was coming.
2: Yeah. That's and I crazy. didn't. No, I you didn't. didn't. No, I mean, you, I'm talking right now.
0: You survived you survived it all. You survived uh Jeez <laughs> Louise, did you ever get did you ever get food poisoned?
2: Yeah, I got sick two or three times, really sick. Yeah. But hey, you made that's it. like a badge of honor. That's like a rites of passage. Yeah, to that's, yeah.
0: No, everyone's gotta come close to death. People want to have that suffering. If you guys passion, had a right?
2: podcast of people getting sick on their mission stories, like every pod every episode would be the same, you know? Like yeah. I got those stories, but I don't really want to share them.
0: Um I've got uh let's see. What Well, Scott's going to end with his questions. I'm going to ask one more. What advice do you have to anyone um, that's thinking of serving a mission?
2: Um, If you've ever had a spiritual experience in your life, count that as a testimony. If you aren't worthy, don't count yourself out, but give yourself an opportunity to go by figuring it out, um, working through it. Don't be afraid of going late. Don't be afraid of coming home. Um, be afraid of not going. And, and I've had a lot of friends that have gone on missions, loved it and they've left the church and they are in a comfortable place outside of the church now, but they have such, um, cherished good memories of their missions and some of their best friends from their missions and they still speak the language or whatever. And so ideally someone's going to prepare for a mission the right way, go out with a testimony, hit the ground running and do an amazing job and have an amazing experience. But even if you're on the fence, if you're just sincere with the Lord and your leaders and if they deem you eligible to go put yourself (laughs) out there and see what the Lord can do with you because it was so fun. So worth it. Best thing I've ever done. And like this conversation has been so fun. And if you stayed home those two years, you and your friends aren't going to meet up 10 years later and say, Hey, remember that time we went to Chuck E. Cheese? Remember that time we went to a football game? No. Yeah. Whatever I thought like that's what, that was my fear was like I was gonna miss out on stuff when I was the whole time I was missing out on stuff. But by, by staying
0: going. you're missing out on memories and yes. things, yes.
2: Like I missed a couple fourth of July's or I missed a Super Bowl, like who cares?
1: And again, two years is
2: not a long time. Yeah. No, I'm not saying don't yeah, exactly. I'm not saying don't go out without a testimony, but just go, man. Eric, you're a good example of that. Like you weren't, you didn't have it all figured out. You're figuring it out on your mission still, man. Well, just think if you didn't go. No, no, hundred percent.
0: No, and that's not a risk. That's not a risk I would ever want to take. Of well, maybe just try to figure it out before you go. It's like, well, will you ever be ready? Yeah. Will no ever one's ever.
1: I mean, obviously the worthiness things there, but no one's ever ready for, quote unquote, ready for a mission. Like, it's a completely different experience than what you think it's going to be. It's hard. It's wonderful. It's all of the above. So you got to be able to take that leap of faith and yeah, jump in with both feet.
2: And I don't think like I know we're getting long here, but
0: you're good.
2: you can take mission prep classes, you can do all that stuff. But like you said, Scott, nobody can really prepare you for what's out there in the yes. mission field. You guys, we're fathers. We've said this again. I'll say this again. We're fathers. Nobody can prepare you for what that's like. No.
1: Yeah, to be. But dad, if there is
2: no, one thing, right? it's probably the mission because yeah, right. that's where you're worried about everybody except for yourself. And when you're a parent, that's what it is. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff.
0: Okay, Scott, okay. Play,
2: don't be afraid to play the drums.
0: That's <laughs> I wish I would have. I wish I would have been able to play the drums to able to have that kind of experience.
1: But <laughs> um, knowing what you know now, would you go back and do it
2: again? Hundred percent, totally, without even thinking about it. No question. Then part two of that.
1: President Nelson gets up and the. April conference and says, "Hey, look, you know the work in Guatemala really needs to be hastened. We're we're, we're calling all the bullpen people back out <laughs> for another two years. Would you be able to to serve again?
2: Uh, I'm not like the perfect ideal member of the church, but." I like to think I follow the prophet, so I would. But I would hope for more of a President Coleman, President Taurus living condition versus what I lived in in my mission. Because right. There's certain... Being there's, able to swim in the pool. There's certain uh, comforts that I've enjoyed now. It's like king-size beds, air conditioning. And so, I mean, like, yes, I'd do it, but I'd probably be more of a diva about it than I was, <laughs> when, I was when I was 24.
0: A normal couple missionary, a little... a few. Extra that's honestly that's an answer we've never gotten. Yeah, but I love it. And yeah, I like that. It no,
1: makes don't. sense because again, yeah. and that's we've had a lot where, if like, oh, well, if it's like a nine to five thing and I can bring my family, then yes. Because, and again, it's 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 a matter of your perspectives and where you're at in life are different now.
2: Totally, you know
1: I mean? we're, we're in a completely different. And and I like that answer again because I said the same thing. I would I would hope I'd have enough faith to do it, if that's what was required of me. But it is a completely different proposition to go now. You have a career. You have a family. You know, know, have these things established.
2: I'll say it this way, though. I can't think of a better thing for me right now in my life. um, That that There's not a better anecdote or a shakeup that my testimony could use right now than doing that. Because it is tough to be stalwart and whatever when you're a dad working, whatever. And I'm a single parent. Life is hard. And I'm not going to be able to thrust myself back into that world. But, man, I sure could use it.
0: It's a th- the challenge. No. Therein
1: lies the challenge of being a member.
0: And I think, and I think too, like just thinking about the idea that like this was reality for members 150 years ago. Just
1: crazy. Like
0: them just telling you, like, oh, oh yeah, man. you've got to forget all of this right now. And they and had farms, and You're leaving. You
1: know what I mean? It's it's like, oh, your wife's gonna figure it out with your kids. It yeah. is no, absolutely right. you're go
2: unbelievable. And, you're right. Well,
0: Brigham Young's wife, passes, no time, Brigham Young's wife passes go. away, and he's just got to leave. Like he's just got to figure it out. Like he's got to leave his kids with someone else. Like it's just like that's crazy. Yeah.
2: Like and for and context, this is before there was. This is the time when there was just one wife for Brigham.
0: Correct. Correct. <laughs> correct. I know that the people <laughs> yeah, might listen yeah. to that. They're like, "Well, but <laughs> oh, yeah, course. so many obvious other jokes <laughs> yeah, to fill in there." Yeah. This oh, is no, when he yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like well, and he, he left her sick at times. I mean, there was things like it's just it's just crazy, and to think like. I have so much respect. anyways, this is a tangent. I have so much respect for Brigham Young. I know people hate him. I know there's that's members good, of the man. church that like say, I believe in all the church but Brigham Young. But I'm like I am one hundred percent behind Brother Brigham. Like all the too. things he, he, was did. Re- he was the right guy to get what needed to be done yeah. done at the time. But 100%. his stuff well, Joseph Smith was prophet, like people think like, Oh yeah, he was best friends with Joseph Smith, that's why he became it like no, he was just annoy he was one of the later converts that just put his head down and did what Joseph asked him to do wasn't his right-hand man. That was like Sidney Rigdon. Like, there were other people. Brigham was just like, I'm just going to go do what I'm asked. Like, I believe this.
2: I'm in. One of the foundations of my testimony is Utah itself. Like, this place was nowhere. It's desolate. It's next to uh, this grubby, nasty salt lake. It's an awful body of water. And now it's like a tech hub. We've had the Winter Olympics. It's a beautiful area. People come from all over the world to ski here. That's not a correlation between that and the church. That's Brigham Young. Like, that's Brigham Young. Right. I don't know. This is a tangent, but... No, we'll
0: end on Brother Brigham. Let's do it. I love it. Did you say 2007,
2: 2009? Yeah, January 2007, but officially, like, it was like the day before Christmas, 2008. So not even officially. 2007,
0: 2008. So he has a buddy
2: that has like a four-year plaque. My right, plaque would yeah, yeah, just one. be like, what? <laughs> so,
0: so it's okay. I mean, in the end, listen, honorable mission, 2007, 2008. Hey,
2: man, I count it. I count Great. it. Because then you add in the three weeks from the Chile mission, and then I'm get, I'm actually over. over. Wait, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so funny. Elder, Elder Lowell, Guatemala City North, which, rest in peace, does not exist anymore. That's right. 2007. 2008 thanks so much for doing this
2: thank you guys very much